0: Subscribers and listeners, dreamers and mousketeers, you are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Disney Holic Show. That's Mike TV.
0: And that's Jen Diz.
1: Today we have some magical miscellany to share with you all. And Mike will teach us a little something about the history of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club.
0: Always a good intro song. We love Fat Cat Swinger. Shout out to them for that every time <laughs> <laughs> it's so good i like
1: have to not snap out loud because it's like over our recording but i'm like doing do a like the mute a, snap over here
0: <laughs> a dance and the shimmy also welcome to our new uh subscribers and listeners we have a handful of new people who have been joining the podcast this is episode 104 very exciting so welcome all everyone who's been around and our new listeners
1: Yes, hello, everybody. Um, I also saw that we've got some new followers on Instagram, too, so hopefully all of you are jumping right onto the podcast. So welcome, everyone, and I hope that you can play along with us.
0: Uh, Okay, so you said we're starting off with some miscellany today, which is sometimes my favorite episodes when we just have a bunch of stuff to, like, word vomit and talk about from the last (laughs) week or so. Uh, But what's funny is the word itself, like, I remember we just started using it in our vocabulary when that shop opened at Disneyland.
1: Yes, <laughs> what is it called? Uh, Merlin's Marvelous Miscellany or yep, something like that?
0: Yep.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it just stuck. Like I use it in regular life stuff too, not even just Disneyholics stuff. Right,
0: it's just a good all-encompassing <laughs> word. It's better than miscellaneous because it still sounds like it's on purpose, like you have.
1: Right. Yeah, purpose. it sounds like an actual thing. Right. <laughs>
0: um that's funny so that new shop opened yeah that's over by sleeping beauty castle but you were just at disneyland recently and you got to see another new shop that recently opened in new orleans
1: yes so um i was there on last friday for a very short amount of time, like literally three hours or something. Um, we got to, you know, I always going to squeeze Disney into an L.A. trip if possible. So <laughs> definitely did that. Um, and I did get to visit the new shop, and I'm already forgetting the mother's name. Can you help me, Eudora. Tiana's mother's name? Eudora. It's pronounced Eudora. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Played by, okay. do you know who so it's her a new shop. In the movie. Disney Legend. <gasps> You get a car, Shoot. and you get a car, and you get a car. I was going to guess
1: it. Are you for real?
0: <laughs> yep.
1: I don't know why it just made me, it, it gave me Oprah vibes, but I thought I was wrong. There you go. That's yep. great. Oprah as Oh my Eudora. God, that's great. Um, so yes, yeah, so the new Tiana shop, uh, or new uh, Princess and the Frog theme shop opened up in New Orleans Square, and um, it's called Eudora's Chic Boutique, and it features Tiana's Gourmet Secrets, so um there was a ton of rumors around what this shop was going to look like i think what we kind of came to the conclusion of is that it's going to be part um like clothing and probably dress shop which it was before there was a lot of that dress shop um, merchandise there before um, with a new, like, theming to it. Uh, but then we also thought, at least I, I did, I thought there was going to be some types of um, spices or sauces or something to do with food sold in the shop. However, there was not anything in the shop that had to do with food. So I think that's not just
0: surprised, like unfortunately. a cutesy
1: way to keep it themed, right? Yeah, and right. They, they did I have hope, some kitchen the... stuff.
0: Okay, I do love kitchen, Disneyland kitchenware cookware yeah like houseware, baking, it's kind of
1: getting into that home item stuff there too like plates and utensils so maybe that was like kind of leaning towards that vibe but the rest was mostly all clothing um so yeah so it won't look too different from what you probably remember but um, some new fun stuff in there for sure
0: i think that when the attraction opens they really need to step it up with the Gourmet Secrets part of that shop. Like, you know, if, she, if the fictional story is that she's created Tiana Tiana's Foods, like you said, I had imagined like provisions and jars and sauces with Tiana's Foods on it. Right. right? I mean, it's such a missed opportunity. So uh, okay. hopefully, let's, let's hope they will, because <laughs> right. otherwise it should just be Eudora's Chic Boutique. It doesn't need to say yeah, Tiana. like why do
1: we even need to bring Tiana into that? <laughs> yeah. And then, or maybe just because nobody knows who Eudora is, unless we say Tiana. Right. I don't know if they Oops. had to like kind of include her in there. Um, but yeah, I would love that. It gives me like that vibe of like the country store where you have like these like really good, unique-made sauces and stuff. That would be cool to just have, like, even if it's just a little section, just like something a little different to yeah. take home from
0: Disneyland. And I love those uh, sections. I I usually look there when it's if I'm at like a Cost Plus World Market or even like Ross or Marshall's like that that gourmet aisle it just seems so fancy to get like a nicely pasta made jar pasta sauce you know with like fancy writing on it you can only get in a certain place and even if it was prego I don't care just label yeah
1: (laughs) you know you'd go home though and you'd make this pasta and you'd be like this is pasta sauce from Disneyland. Like, it would just feel different, right?
0: Right? You could serve it with a story. You could talk about Tiana and the ride. Come on, Disney. We're we're here. don't it. What's
1: going on here? We have ideas. That's funny. Yeah, hire us. Anyway, (laughs) but yeah. So I did, like I said, had a very short trip to Disneyland. Um, A couple other highlights of that trip. I mean, like I said, three hours, you guys. But we had... Quite the experience, we ended up having our flight delayed coming in, which was, I was just getting so mad. I was like, you're cutting into my Disneyland time. It was like the only chance I have to go to the park this weekend. And I was like, come on, flight, just get me down there. And then there was a whole debacle with our rental car, and just every step of the way was taking forever. So we didn't get in the park till about 8 I think it was 8.50. And we knew Rise of the Resistance was closing at 9. Oh, no. And we're like, that is a truck and a half, right, to get to Rise. I don't actually know how long it takes. I should pay attention. If you're, like, hustling to get there, I wonder how long it actually takes. Like, could we have made it there in 10 minutes from the front gate?
0: Wow. I would say maybe 15. And I'm a fast right? New York I walker. I think it might be. still far. It's like, you know, it's around the river bend, literally. It's not just a straight
1: path. <laughs> right. <laughs> And my fast pace walking is probably the average person's normal walking <laughs> speed. So
0: I gotta say, there's no, you, that to take into you account. You do walk fast, like you can keep up with me, and I can keep up with you, which I think is good. I think if one of us was more than the <laughs> other, it would be annoying. I never know. I'm realizing yeah. that I never really noticed it too much. Hopefully, I'm not.
1: Okay. Too. Oh well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Jacob is a, he, a speed walker then because he always is like, "Come on, come on, come on!" I'm like, oh "My God, I cannot keep up with you." I'm like five foot two. My legs can only go so fast. <laughs> um, so we had the decision between two things that close at nine because the other thing was Plaza Inn. And we've been wanting to get that fried chicken plaza for so many trips now when Jacob's with me, and we keep missing it because of this thing. Like, we'll go on another attraction, and then we realize it's after 9, and it's like, dang it. So he actually made the most adult decision, and he chose dinner over over Star Wars, basically, right? (laughs) Because he's such a Star Wars fan. I was so surprised. Um, But his hangar is, like, nobody's business, so I was very happy with the decision. (laughs)
0: And that's and worth we it. Went, it's a longer experience yes, in a way. Yes,
1: it was. Right? Exactly, yeah. It was delicious. We had plaza and chicken. Um, and then we, what did we do? We went on his favorite ride, which is Pirates of the Caribbean, um, which he hadn't been on in a while because it was closed for a long time, right? So he hasn't been back since it reopened. So that was nice. And then we followed it up with my favorite ride and went on a Haunted Mansion, which is now Haunted Mansion Holiday. But what else? It's still good. Um, so we did both of our favorite rides. And then we went over to Star Tours to end the night. And he got Rebel Spy. Isn't that crazy? He's only That's been on it
0: amazing. twice
1: in the last two <laughs> trips. And he got Rebel Spy both times. Kayla... Were you up to this? I have to know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's right. Right? (laughs) Shout out to Kayla, our new Patreon member, uh, who you've met through a really fun Star Tours encounter. You know, maybe Jacob has a face that's just like, you know, I should be the rebel.
1: Yeah. Well, we, you know, we always do that very serious face. You have to, like, sit down, look like you're on a mission, until they tell you to put your glasses on and close the doors. Otherwise, and like, don't even talk to each other, just look straight. Also, try to get seated in the middle. That seems to help a lot. But yeah.
0: Oh, okay. That's a good point.
1: <laughs> so it was just a great night overall. And then we were about to leave, and then Jacob's like, wait, what about Chopper? And this was the best part. We had totally almost ran out of that park without going to visit Batu. And picking up choppers. So if any of you are familiar with Star Wars Rebels, the droid chopper is one of Jacob's absolute favorites. And it's my nickname because he's always like, blah, 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 like when I talk a lot. <laughs> so it's like kind of funny joke in between us. And I also love choppers. So we ran to go get him and we luckily got him on that 30% discount that we are having right now for Magic Key Holders. So that was wow. nice. Oh, that's we right. We like 40 bucks on oh, him. Oh,
0: shoot. Yeah. nice now we
1: didn't even remember that i was just like oh my gosh we get that 30% discount it was like i think it was $36 off like that's huge wow what a nice so, little
0: surprise
1: yeah so then we got to lug chop around the park with us and now he's home so all in all a very good trip for 3 hours i'd say
0: i have a question solid, so right? would you would you pay a day ticket if you didn't have a magic key
1: <clears throat> i mean For three hours, I probably would. mm, It's so hard. (laughs) I'm surprised you're even thinking about it. I mean, it was it was actually a really good night. So now that I can see it from that angle, it's like it was worth a day ticket to me. Um, And like, if I knew I wasn't going to be able to go again in in a long time, I would. It's hard. I'd probably, I truthfully probably not, and wait. And then figure it out a different way to be able to have a longer amount of time. The ah, thing is okay. with Jacob, he doesn't think he's going to be renewing his annual pass. So,
0: And that's what was making me think of It's like, you know, we've been talking about renewing Magic Keys and then also our Disney World annual passes. And it's those like little three-hour days that I like. And I don't want to attach it to like exactly. $150 in my mind.
1: Exactly. Oh, it's rough. Yeah. So um also is it
0: true if you park because you you rented a car this time, if you park that late at night, was it free? If if you didn't have any discounts or parking?
1: No. Um however, they I have driven through there late where there's nobody working. Right, that's what I thought. It's happened, but I've also been there like this time like seriously, we parked our car probably at I don't know, eight forty or something and They were still working the booths. So I don't really understand when they leave or if it's just like whatever. I don't know. Or if they stopped it altogether. But yeah, they used to. I even remember Disney World too. i was driving in late one time and they just waved us through. They're like, it's fine. It was like eight o'clock at night or something. So
0: yeah. Um, And then random, random thoughts and maybe a tip for listeners. So when we were there the other week, you know, our Halloween fun was kind of centered around. The Oogie Boogie Bash. And, but I keep forgetting like Halloween time is still a really huge seasonal event at Disneyland Resort, whether or not you're right. going to that special party. And I feel like I keep seeing stuff and I'm like, how did I not see this? How did I not see that? Right. We were there for a long time, but we were also really busy. And I'm realizing I could have used like a whole other maybe two days now of just looking at the Halloween decor. I didn't even uh, r- watch yeah. the, uh, parade, or not the parade, but the fireworks, uh, fireworks yep with Jack Skellington. And I saw someone on Instagram was watching it from the Rivers of America and that looked really cool with the projections there. Ugh, gotta go back. Yep. But yeah, so even though yeah, it's sold I'm out for those same who can't dilemma. go, if people can't right. go to Boogie Bash, they at least have this. Like still go, it still looks so fun and Hollywood. Yeah,
1: there's still much, so much to do. Right. Um, I actually have it on my, I have a little to-do list for work or very long to-do list for work. And then I also have a small to-do list for my personal life. And one of them is like figure out a trip in October and also um, like end of November or early December. Because I want to do, I want to just go for Halloween time. And then of course Christmas time when that happens. But yeah. I didn't get it in. And then when I thought about, I also did the exact same thing as you. I was like, what? How do we do that or not do that when we have all this time? However, when you think about it, we really only had Monday night and True. Wednesday evening is the night that we arrived. That's the only night that we didn't have like something big happening. So like give ourselves a little bit of a break. But
0: Yeah, yeah. We were pretty pooped after those expo days. And I yeah, even got yeah. like my first two uh, penalties in a row for not showing up for our park reservation. <laughs> so there yeah, you it go. Was busy I also times. recently heard that the they're not doing the merriest nights after after hours that's right thing at disneyland which i think going back to the fact that they're, they're so good at disneyland particularly the socal parks in creating these seasonal events that you don't really need that extra hard ticketed event like the christmas stuff is going to be probably so pretty all the time and then usually it's like that's the true. same parade anyway so i think i think for disneyland this makes sense to me personally
1: Yeah, I feel like they usually, um, like when they moved over Oogie Boogie Bash to DC, I feel like that was a really smart move because that Park A already closes early anyway. And then it feels like, at least to me, and I don't know if this is just because I'm biased to Disneyland, but if... They, if I was to go on a trip and find out that they're closing DCA early, I wouldn't be upset at all. I'd be like, oh, we still have Disneyland. It's fine. Right. But if they were closing Disneyland at 6 p.m. the night I was there, I'd be like, what the hell? You know what I mean? And so- that's
0: exactly what some of these like um, YouTubers are reporting is saying that for the for the five or six days, it wasn't that many in 2021 that they had Marius Nights. Apparently, there were tons of complaints for people who planned their Christmas trip around seeing Disneyland at right. night with the lights. And if the park yeah. closes at 6, you don't see that.
1: It's way too yeah. rough of a time to take that away, yeah. for sure. Whereas uh, and, DCA, like, it's like, yeah. Yeah, oh,
0: well, I can't go to DCA. Same with, um, if, at least at Disney World, if you can't go to Magic Kingdom because you don't have an, a ticket, right. event, there's still three really cool parks. that, it, hits right. it, it, different for some reason. It does, yeah. it does.
1: So, anyway, um, speaking of fun things that are going on, you need to tell me a little bit more about Dreamlight Valley. I keep seeing the, it's called Disney Dreamlight Valley, right? Is that officially what it's called?
0: Yeah. Well, Dreamlight Valley, I guess. And then, you know, it has Disney in front of it.
1: Got it. I keep seeing, um, like, ads for it popping up. And... Something about the artwork of it, it looks like it's a game made for kids. So mm. I really just keep hesitating, yeah. but I'm really excited about what you're telling me. So I think we need to hear a little bit more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, there's times where I'm playing it and I'm thinking either adult thoughts or theres I'm thinking something that I want to like share with an adult. And I'm like, oh, but this looks childlike. And it does make me think. Do you remember Animal Crossing? Like people who just didn't play it yet just made fun of us. They're like, "What are you doing, playing this kids' game?" Kid?
1: Right. <laughs> and then that one. But something about Animal Crossing kids. even looked different because, like, it's it's made to look so cute that it almost didn't feel like it was made for kids. This one looks like a cartoon, like something you'd see on the Disney Channel. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Like it difference. does have the
0: the the nice thing about it is whatever that art design they came up with. It's what connects these characters to have a similar look. So, someone who might be from um, Pixar has that similar like, face as like an, an Elsa or a um, Peter Pan type of thing. Oh, but okay. It's interesting. Like Disney and So, it does have that. like
1: a format in yeah, a way. Yeah, they have okay. a thing.
0: But I see what you mean. And there, there are times where it's such, it looks so simple and beautiful that it looks like it's almost a mobile game. Uh, but there's...
1: That's what, right? that's what yeah. I actually was going for, a mobile game.
0: And there's a... But it's definitely not. It's, like, so complex, like, the, the the back end of it. So I couldn't imagine. But it does say coming soon to iOS. So I don't know what that means. Uh, you can oh, save your game in the cloud. And I was telling you last week that I would love to be able to, like, do some farming on my iPad or somewhere else and then go back to my right. PlayStation for, like, the big stuff. Uh, so they're, they're working on stuff. We'll see what comes out. But, yes, while you were... Uh, In Anaheim In Southern California I was deep into Disney Dreamlight Valley And I have some chronicles That I have jotted down to tell you about Good, let's hear it I have so much fun I'm by myself, like Jerry's away for work (laughs) So I'm at home Yesterday I played 13 hours straight I can't even believe it Oh my
1: god, hold on, hold on, (laughs) hold on on. And you still have not played that board game I told you
0: to play. I still haven't played that was Ready Player 20, One. 2020, know I mean? ladies one, and Box gentlemen. Box One. Box One. Box One. <laughs> I still haven't. But last night, when I Shame. when I looked up, it was like, there was one point where it was like 4 a.m. And I hadn't eaten for a long time. <laughs> and I haven't experienced that since Animal Crossing. It's been a long time since a game has right. really wow, sucked okay. me in. Um, so, yeah, I am trying to sell it. To you and other people to play it, but uh, you can't really see each other's stuff yet. Anyways, it's just fun to talk about or share tips. I do feel like at some point you'll be able to visit each other's valleys. It just seems like that's an obvious uh, update that they're going to do at some point. Now, things that happen. So last week, in my Disney Dreamlight Valley Chronicles, I told you about my flirting with Kristoff from Frozen. So you did. Uh, part of the game uh, mechanics is you need to. <laughs> do all kinds of stuff with the different characters that you invite to live in the Valley so that you can become uh, friends with them. And friend level goes all the way up to 10 and so on. And there's so many ways you can impact that friendship meter, whether it's like cooking them their favorite foods or finding them an item that they're thinking about that day um, or having a daily discussion with them. And what's funny with the daily discussions, and this is where I, I go back to thinking this is kind of made for grownups is whoever is writing the script for these characters, I just, they need to win an award because it makes me read it. You know, I'm not really, (laughs) I usually with these things I'm button mashing through it just to get through. Button
1: mashing, yep.
0: And, um, you know, sometimes Animal Crossing would have some really random like funny things or it'll insert uh, something that you've said in the past. This one hasn't done that yet in terms of Disney doesn't let you customize what they say, obviously. But, there are so many conversation paths that were created and in my mind i'm thinking wow the game developers probably had all of these flow charts that they created and so you can have these discussions with them and they seem pretty different every time and wow because it's you know uh modern software you could always update it and add more if they need to so going back to christoph our original conversations when he was first flirting with me in the valley he was talking about um his physique at one point and then he was telling me about soap and they'll tell you to like kind of go around and create some things that they love that will help them remember who they are because part of the storyline is that they kind of forgot who they are and they're put back on this valley and you have to help them remember and so there is like a larger Aww. overarching story about this thing called the forgotten so if you want to go into that deep of uh, the storyline you can or you could just farm and do whatever. Um, so I'm doing a little bit of that. So I'm helping Kristoff with his memories. And he then tells me he hasn't showered or bathed in weeks. And then he's like, <laughs> can you collect these ingredients to help me make this um, Arendelian soap? So I was like, of course, I'm going to do that for you. So I did all of that, did the quest. And then I gave him the soap. He bathes in it. it. They don't show him. like It's not like The Sims or anything. He just like disappears and comes back but then he makes me smell him he's like smell me don't i smell so good and clean now and i was like he's like hey right i was like girl Kristoff, i don't know and so here's where i messed up is anna anna is still stuck in this portal somewhere Uh in the forgotten realm and he keeps every time he runs into me in on the island or the valley He's like, hey, hey, Mike, I need help. And then you're supposed to ask him what to do. And then the next part of the quest is to help Anna come back and help her remember who she is. But I didn't want to because I don't want her there.
1: You're like, I'm good. Right? (laughs) I got your man.
0: I'm the Angelina Jolie here (laughs) and I don't need that. So, uh, but in order to progress, you have to go through some of these character stories so that you can get better abilities and things. So, for example, I needed to get a better way to mine... um, ice, like a better ice pick and stuff to break ice so I can get snow and make snow cones, a whole thing. And uh, so I needed that, and I was putting it off for so long, so I was like, fine, I need I need to make snow cones. So I had to help Kristoff. So here I went, found Anna. She's like lost in her dumb realm, running around the woods, <laughs> looking for her sister. And they ask questions. Like, you it's, uh, it's very choose-your-own-adventure. Like, she'll say, hey... I'm so lost, can you help me remember, you know, where I am or who I am? And I have to choose, like I have to say, remember you have a sister that loves you, let's go look for her. Or I could say, Kristoff is waiting for you back in the valley. And so of course I kept choosing like everything except for (laughs) Kristoff. I was like, no, this is gonna be all about Elsa. (laughs) And so, and that's what makes it funny. Like you're by yourself and you're like entertained with this like corny soap opera that's happening. And it's hilarious. And uh, so eventually I brought Anna back. And it got just really sad. He completely friend zoned me as soon as she got back. Kristoff just started talking very differently. (laughs) He wasn't flirting. All of the options that he gave me for dialogue were like very matter of fact, like, "Hey, are you are you getting used to the valley?" Or, "Hey, do you miss uh, your friends?" Blah blah blah, boring. And then, uh, and then to make it worse, you're over here like,
1: "Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me." Remember our
0: meet cute. so it got even worse i had to then my next mission was to help help anna and Kristoff fall back in love with each other to remember that they are who they are oh
1: are you heartbroken
0: (laughs) heartbroken heartbroken but uh they are good friends i am good friends with both of them now and i both assigned them to so you could sign these friends with different extra skill sets so i'm making this whole frozen family i don't think they have a last name but this whole frozen family they're all going to be like miners like the seven dwarves and what's fun about that is when i decide i'm going to go like spend 30 minutes grinding on um, getting rocks and gems i go find one of them and i say hey come hang out and then they make sure i get like extra diamonds and et- et oh, so okay, that's how okay. those friendships work and the, the better the friend you so are he's
1: putting anna to work all the time yes
0: yeah, so i made them all miners <laughs> uh, including elsa her she actually came over eventually, um, she's quite fabulous. Like she's designed as Frozen 2 Elsa, which is just, it's like that stoic, like wizardess Gandalf, her hair is down, she's wearing all white. And um, the way they have these characters, you know, from an artificial intelligence, like non-playable character, NPC perspective, they, they each have their own behaviors. Like Elsa, if I just catch her like wandering around, she does Elsa things. Like she'll just like stand, in, in corners that are maybe overlooking something and just clasp her hands. Like, she's just very Elsa about her mannerisms. Another character that is so cute to just, uh, just to watch, is the same way I watch a Roomba vacuum when I had one, is Wally. Wow. So, Aww. he's the freaking cutest so far of all the characters. <laughs> he is, he
1: might be my favorite Disney droid. Aww. Like, I, I don't know, like, He has to go up against R2, D2. That's pretty rough. And BB-8. But dang, Wally is freaking cute.
0: He's so cute. And, you know, he has a lot in common with, with, like, Disneyholics and Disneyland because, like, the stuff that he likes. Remember, like, those old black and white dancing movies and...
1: He's like a collector. And he's
0: curious in, like, Tomorrowland stuff, like plants growing in the, in the forgotten right? earth. Uh, yeah, something about Wally. And so, yeah, he'll just be, like, wandering around, like, making his little noises and, like, exploring. He's so curious. He'll be, like, looking at everything that's new or anything that shows up. He'll be, like, looking at it and making his noises. And you can talk to him and try to communicate. it will be like, hey, Wally, do you want to try to communicate today? And then he'll be he'll say something and you'll try to guess and then if you match it if you could figure out like what he's talking about you get you know three friendships ah. so Aww. adorable um, so yeah he's the cutest and he yeah. does his mannerisms yeah. um, again they all do so they're all developed very specifically versus it's not like when you see Grand Theft Auto and everyone's just wandering through the streets and they're all like clones of each other like these are very right. they're very much their own personalities which is a little Aww, creepy okay. but in, in, a, in the best way possible
1: Okay, you're kind of talking me more and more into it every minute. I just. <laughs> I do <laughs> not. I'm like really uh, stuck on the the um, console thing. I think I might do the Wii also so I can move it around really easily. Or the Switch. Switch, sorry. Not yeah, the
0: Wii. I think my sister's about to buy it. I talked her into Cute. it um, and she's going to get it on the Switch also. Uh, more Chronicles for you. Okay, so the Kristoff stuff happened. I moved on past that. We're all just friends now. Um, Wally is Oh still- wait, wait, wait! Oh wait. yeah, yeah.
1: I did have a question about Christoph. You told me something else that he sent you, and I was curious what happened there with the emoji.
0: <laughs> oh, the eggplant. <laughs> okay, yes. <yeah>. So Christoph <laughs> has one of his favorite items. The day that he was first flirting with me was an eggplant, and I was also really frustrated because I couldn't give him an eggplant because I didn't have yet the you know I didn't have everything <laughs> I needed to be able to to plant it farm it and harvest it in time before his favorite item would run out and so I so maybe that's it that's totally why I didn't give him the eggplant and he moved on because I was not easy and Anna he's like you know what fun I'm <laughs> she gonna asked go back people to, to get married like within the first song right
1: that's so cute because I can imagine having that awkward moment of being by yourself you're probably up late playing this video game and you're like Is he flirting with me? Like that weird, like, wait a second. And then all of a sudden, just a plain old emoji of an eggplant pops up on your screen, like, he's definitely flirting with
0: me. Right? And then by then, I already tapped a few times and I'm like, shoot. Like, no one's going to believe me. I should have recorded this or something. You know, it's one of those. (laughs) You're right. It's like in the middle of the night, what's going on? Um, That's so funny. Yeah, so the frozen people, I'm actually building a nice little area for them in this in the forest of uh, Vale it's called. Anyways, so my other new, well my new bestie since I kind of moved on past the frozen folks is Mother Gothel. So Mother Gothel is here, and once you sort of unlock this biome with like the swamp and the trees, she's in there and she lives in this like giant tree and she is like the gay man's best friend character. She is so <laughs> hilarious. And she was she she was actually a really good villain when I think about it. Like her songs are really funny. It also has that like, kind of like drag queen sarcastic vibe to it entangled okay. the way she is. And so Mother Gothel in the game is very similar. So she has so many quips um, and she loves to banter. Like she might say something like, Oh, do you think we should do Oh, oh do you think we should go find Maui and see if we could borrow his raft? And then I'll have a choice of saying, "No, let's just let's just poison him and take it without telling him," or I could say, "Sure, oh let's gosh. ask. That's the best way to do it." You know, they let you go this far. Right. And then you you get to pick and choose with her, I love to get evil and sassy, and she just says, <laughs> she just says the hilarious most hilarious things back. So, love Mother Gothel, and she's in her red outfit, and uh, she helps me gather, uh, Gosh. gather things from the bushes like wild berries and stuff. <laughs> I don't know if any of this is making sense. But, That's pretty cute. But yeah, Mother Gothel does that. She's she's very cute. I haven't seen uh, Rapunzel or Flynn Rider yet. Um, so I did I do have Mother Gothel. So there's like an endless amount of characters, and this is still the early access. Period.
1: Are there any? Are there any older characters? Like, so far, these are all in the last, like, 20 years. But is there, like, characters like Snow White and Aurora and stuff like that? Yeah,
0: so that's a good question. I'm Because it's still early access, most of the fans even, and the ones who are more hardcore than me who have been following this, uh, don't know yet what the roster looks like. But the roster exists, and it's supposedly massive. Oh. It's fun. It's like where, you know, you have those hackers that can go in and look at what's in the next update coming, and they saw something that says, like, Woody. And so people were like, oh, my gosh, Toy Story is coming next. We're going to get one of those people. Um, but what I've Wait, seen so- myself is is uh, one thing that I know has to be coming is near – so there's this beach called Dazzle Beach. Again, it looks almost exactly like Animal Crossing. <laughs> they, like, they ripped off a lot of uh, Dazzle Beach, <laughs> and then you have the – the pier, and then of course, that's where you meet Donald Duck. That was the real Donald Duck this time. And his, oh my god, and his how dick, funny! Uh hot mess, he's always yelling. But just beyond uh, the shore, <laughs> um, what does the Moana say?
1: See, okay. <laughs> how far out though? <laughs> yeah, so
0: so beyond that, I have seen. I can see it. I can get a little bit close to it on the shore, but not all the way because it's a separate island. Skull freaking rock.
1: Stop. Yeah, so they
0: are 100% going to bring Peter and all of them. Ooh, Captain Hook, Tinkerbell. That's
1: cool that you can see it. It's like yeah.
0: the,
1: the biggest teas, like the Easter egg teas that you can see off in the distance. Oh my gosh, that's so cool.
0: Very cool. Yeah, so I think they have plans to bring uh, from all over the place. Um, so I don't know what their strategy was with who they selected first, and then right now, like on the loading screen, they have officially added um, a, a Woody and uh, something else. So some of these things that these hackers are finding are coming to light. So I'm, I'm excited to find out like who else comes up and it.
1: Okay, yeah. so let me clarify. So you said early release. I don't think I realized that this is an early release. So it's not the full publish yet. It is that is, why we're still seeing so many updates?
0: It, it, it's the full thing. They're calling it early access. I think that's a way of saying it might crash. Oh. Um, and, and also, you know, it's actually pretty smart. A lot of games, they'll say um, it'll be like a beta test, right? And Disney, this is my theory, Disney knows that Disney fans always like to be the first. So something uh-huh. about calling it early access. And of course, if you buy it right now and you get the ultimate edition, you get all these, you know, founder items and right. outfits and furniture pieces. <laughs> so yeah, that's what they mean yeah, by early Yeah, no, access.
1: for sure. Like even, like I, I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest Disney person who jumps on exclusive stuff. But if I had to choose between beta and early access, I'd be like, oh my god, I got to sneak peek yes. into here? Like, this is so cool. It almost feels like you're getting away with something. So that's very smart, that, exactly that yeah Yeah, wow. that,
0: That's what I think they're doing. Um, and to be honest, it hasn't, on PS5 anyways, it's only crashed maybe like three times. And for a game that's only been out a couple weeks with like one software update, I, I think they're doing pretty well. But I don't know about the other consoles. Hopefully it runs well there too. Um, okay, so wow. those are some of the characters that have been in my Chronicles lately, the other thing that I've fallen in love with doing and, and what kept me up late last night is cooking. So there is a whole cooking aspect to this. So just like some of these other games, you know, you could farm and uh, mine and all that stuff but, and forage. But now with all this stuff, you can go and if you built a kitchen or you can go into Remy's restaurant. And which he has more ingredients there. So if you want like some premium items, like some eggs and milk and cheese, you have to go into his restaurant to borrow those ingredients. Anyways, this is another one of those things like the the uh, recipe book seems endless. Like right now, people are posting lists of what's available so that you can go and put it in the crock pot and make it. But your people it's still so new that people are still trying to find recipes and you could still try to experiment and see what five items you could put together. And this oh, wow. is another place where the creators have opportunities to put like fun Easter eggs and yeah. it's just so many cute things. Like there's this uh, Aurora's birthday cake <laughs> that you can make and it's, oh. it's a really high pro It's a cool item because it's, uh, it's hard to make. It, you need five out of five ingredients, which is really hard to find if you need five specific things. They're like expensive items. Uh, but it comes out and it's this beautiful birthday cake, but it's all like melting because I guess she never showed up to her birthday.
1: Oh, I ouch. don't know why that is. There could She's be another reason why or something.
0: Yeah, maybe there's an illustration that I don't know or an artwork that this is based off of. But I just thought this was, it was so hilarious. Like it, they could have just made a birthday cake, but it was like this, it had the pink Aurora dress colors on it and it was like falling. Uh, and then there's stuff like that. You could also make Mickey waffles. And then if you add raspberries, it's like a, a mini waffles with jam. And, and the, uh, the, the pictures, the images of the food, it's, it goes back to that thing where it's just like so cute. It also looks very much like, like Japanese food toys, and it's just the cutest thing. Like I'm like, ooh, I want to make this. There's such a thing as this recipe, and then I spend hours trying to harvest a pumpkin so that I can make yeah. these pumpkin wraps. <laughs> uh, I think the
1: reason I don't want to play this game is because I know I will be doing the exact same thing you're doing, and I just don't have the time right yeah, now, but it, I want to. It is to. a time suck. It is a time suck. It's hard but to it's talk about it because relaxing. I want to do all of these things. Yeah, It, it has been
0: nice. It's been nice to relax and, and also multitask. And so over the last few days, I've been able to multitask in ways that I haven't in a long time since I haven't had a commute, right? So what I've done so far while playing hours and hours of this game, I binged uh, the current season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And uh, this is a show that I watch with one of my other besties, Stacey. Shout out. She doesn't listen to the show. But... Anyways, we need to catch up on it, and so I caught up so fast. I just have it playing on my laptop while I'm playing on the big TV. It's one of those shows, you know, it's reality shows. You don't you don't have to really pay attention. Uh, so that was nice. Yeah. I've been listening to podcasts again and have them on while it's playing, and um, oh. also live streams. Like I'll throw on someone's TikTok or Instagram and kind of just have them on the side while I'm playing the game. Uh, so it's it's fun in so that way. So people can
1: listen to the Disney Holic show while playing
0: this game. I think if I if I wasn't on the Disney Disneyholic show, this would be the perfect <laughs> podcast to listen to.
1: There you go. <laughs> while you play
0: Disney Dreamlight Valley. Um, I have caught up on some other ones, like the horror ones that you've recommended. Listen to more of those scary stories. So yeah, fun way to multitask. And then also another big one is the soundtrack. So two things that I mean by this. One is the Disney Dreamlight Valley soundtrack itself is so cute. Think of it like hub music it's there and it's just okay. pretty and it's in the background and you recognize some of the songs and sometimes right when you recognize it it kind of transforms into another song already and uh, typically the the, th- the themes or scores that will play um will change based on certain factors so if you're just like in the main hub or the meadow you know it'll be generic disney music but if you have like um Mother Gothel with you harvesting. It'll be more like Tangled themed or if you have Moana, it'll be more Maui themed, things like that. And but it's so subtle and it's one of those things too, like I'll just leave it on. My character's just standing there and I'll go cook because I just like to hear the music in the background. It's so sweet. And then you could take it up a notch if you want. And I started listening Uh to Disney soundtracks, you know, like just on my um, echo (laughs) while I'm now playing. And it's a a fun marriage of the two things, like all these cute characters and objects. And then you're listening to like, you're re-listening to like Little Mermaid or the Peter Pan soundtrack. It just feels, it's like quintessential Disney, like the package of all that. Uh, And because I've been spending so much time with the stupid Frozen family, well now they're my friends, but with the Frozen family, (laughs) uh, I did keep listening to Frozen and I got so much back into Frozen. From this game, oh, okay. Uh, particularly Frozen Two. That movie is very underrated. When I go back and listen to the soundtrack, this is like a full-on Broadway, like Les Mis style story and performance from these characters and and singers. It's there's this one song where Anna's just like, she's so depressed, and it's not even a song that you would sing throughout the. Theme park, you would sing it once because it's sad, like a lame Miz song, uh, where like Olaf is dying and she can't find her sister and she's like stuck in the cavern, and you could hear the pain in Kristen Bell's voice, and I'm like, damn, this is a pretty good, this is a pretty good movie, and it, it also is like, I still see Frozen one and two together as like one movie, like episode one and episode two. Anyway, right. so going back and listening to that made me reappreciate Frozen, and you know, as much as it's oversaturated, I'm like okay, there's a reason why this is so good. You know, these are like Broadway writers who created this. And it just, it hit. Mm-hmm. And then when I listen to it, I still get goosebumps from Let It Go and from Into the Unknown, still to this day. And that's that's a really cool testament of like when they have a really nice Disney musical and it works and it becomes nostalgic yeah. later. Love it. Right. Uh, do you remember when we were at D23... We saw a performance of Into the Unknown, a live performance with all of these international Elsas from around the world, do you remember?
1: Yeah, hold on. Why Why was, Why was? were those few people selected? Oh, it was the other Disney parks or something, right?
0: I have no idea which Hall D23 panel it was, which is so weird. It's my, I remember the entire performance. I Was it Legends? Oh!
1: I already know what it was it was when they were announcing all the frozen lands opening up at the different parks oh, so remember there's a french there was right. someone singing in french there was someone from i think well tokyo for sure and then i think hong kong yeah it's like it cantonese
0: and or mandarin maybe or there was it two-
1: shanghai i can't remember one of
0: those yeah yeah that's so cool i yeah okay now that makes sense i could not for the life of me remember why they did this yeah <laughs> and it was just, just stuck so to was like, beautiful um and yeah that was such a beautiful performance which went made me go down this other rabbit hole somebody created a playlist on spotify with let me make sure i get the number right 29 29 versions of the song international for, oh, my gosh. For all the different soundtracks. And
1: all, all international versions? Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
0: yeah, from the actual Disney-recorded international cool. voiceovers. Um, and it's a playlist of Into the Unknown, just boom, 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 run after each other. And I thought that— wow. I was like, I can't get through this. It's going to be so annoying. But again, as background on Shuffle, and 28 of the songs, I don't know what they're saying, so it's just beautiful background. <laughs> and yeah, I went through right. this whole thing, and it was so fun and, like— It reminded me of the show we saw and how beautiful this song is and and it's you know it's about it's about this young woman who's like forced to become a queen and she has all these things about her that she's afraid to embrace that other people are afraid of or don't understand and you know those are those type of disney characters that are so relatable like you could apply that to so many things as a kid or an adult Right. And, I don't know. I just something with hanging around this frozen family in this Aww. game, it got it all came Dang, back to me.
1: Valley. <laughs> yeah, there's like, some emotion buttons over there, huh? <laughs>
0: totally. Totally. Uh, I don't I need to say that I don't know if the the right the actual voices are there in my mind. It's Jonathan Groff doing Kristoff. But when I hear the Elsa voice, I'm 90% sure that is not Idina Menzel. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. We'll,
1: we'll okay. That.
0: That's a lot to ask. To get them to come out, yeah, <laughs> right. Do, do like 200 lines of potential dialogue. Um.
1: Um. So I do have a couple questions about. Yeah. Dreamlight Valley. Just some quick ones, but when we played Animal Crossing, the characters all had like a a speaking voice. Like was that good? Was that was that? On yeah, that point? sounds
0: just like them. Yep. Oh, I missed <laughs> those <laughs> little characters.
1: <laughs> what do they do for talking in Dreamlight Valley?
0: Yes, so they will I'm trying to see how I remember it versus what's actually happening because that's I guess that's a good job of how, that's a testament to how they do it. They will say some uh, notable lines of dialogue that you know that they would say, and it sounds like the voice for the most part. It sounds like them. And you they'll usually say it like as you're walking up to them or you're close to them. And then when you're actually doing the dialogue, it's usually just like, uh, uh, affirmations, like, uh-huh, hmm, oh.
1: <laughs> okay, and then you're just reading.
0: Yeah, and then you're just reading. Uh, but it's still in got that it. character's okay, that's voice usual. when it does those parts. Yeah. So in some ways, there's there's parts where got it kind of reminds okay. me of, uh, like, The Sims sometimes when they're just kind of, like, mumbling to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then I'm like, I get closer, and then Maui will be like, uh, hey, you're welcome. And then it will be like, hey, what do you want to do, or... Yeah, yeah. Books. Okay.
1: Yeah. That? It reminds me of Zelda, too. They definitely do that in Zelda. Like, yes. And like there are parts of and... this
0: game that remind me of Zelda. Like, when you do have to go out and, like, unlock some of the biomes um, and choose to do some of the magical quests to move the story forward, those parts remind me of the gameplay Of. Uh, Legend okay. of Zelda, but even more well, simplified. now
1: I've pulled Zelda and Animal Crossing. I'm definitely going to have to play this game. <laughs> and <laughs> now, I haven't, Disney, hey, there, are
0: so many, <laughs> there are so many things in this game that I haven't even become obsessed with yet that are made for people to get obsessed with. Like the entire wardrobe part of this is so overwhelming to me that I haven't really touched it yet because I'm just stuck on cooking right now. <laughs> um, but I have gone as far as designing a spirit jersey for Disney Disneyholic show and uh what? yeah i'm still waiting to like unlock more embroidery and symbols so that i could put like a microphone right now it's just yes our, it's our um our red and gold colors and it's a gold mickey face on our dark red spirit jersey so that's all i have so far oh my god
1: can you please right and i'm waiting like if i could
0: get like a, a letter d in the white disney you unlock all kinds of like stickers and embroidery and patches over time cute so, yeah i could see how that That's can amazing. be a whole other thing
1: yeah do you remember that designing element in animal yes. crossing i also like i was just like i can't with this game there's <laughs> too much like
0: <laughs> right uh, <laughs> so yes.
1: fun though um okay my next question is do they have anything related to the parks or is it primarily movies
0: so far prim- primarily animated movies yeah okay I don't think I've seen one thing. Like, I don't think I've even heard like Haunted Mansion music or anything like that.
1: Okay. Okay. That was going to be, actually, that was my only other question. Um, but I was thinking like when you were talking earlier about like you have to go to Ratatouille's for like ingredients and stuff. I'm like, they should open that restaurant in, that Tiana's <laughs> supposed to get.
0: <laughs> right? Oh, that would be so cute. <laughs>
1: Like, just kidding. We were actually opening up in Dreamlight Valley. So we could get the Tiana (laughs) store with the recipes and the ingredients and spices and sauces. Oh, my gosh. I haven't even
0: thought of that. Wow. I bet you they can do so much with that property. Yeah. They
1: could launch it when the attraction opens. They could launch new characters when their new movie comes out. New costumes, depending on what they're wearing in the new movie. So many things to, like, relate to... What's going on in real time? That'd be the really, one thing really that I,
0: cool. I've seen in these type of Disney games that usually stick to just Disney characters. They always find a way to sneak in Pirates of the Caribbean, and it's usually like the movie version, which is not a cartoon, but it is parks related. So I wouldn't be surprised if like a cartoon Jack Sparrow shows up at one point. Uh, That's but funny. like I, when you were saying movie releases, I was like, oh, if they did Haunted Mansion with the movie and they. You got to get the hatbox ghost or something. That'd be so cool.
1: Right? So So exciting. Well, dang. I now just need to find the time, and I will play the game.
0: Please, please play with me. (laughs) Um, And then in other news, miscellaneous news, uh, New York Comic Con is coming up in about a week or so. And I've never been to San Diego or New York Comic Con. Have you been to a Comic Con, like a big one? I have not. But you've done, like, anime have smaller ones. Fanomy. F-
1: yeah, I've done a lot of smaller version comic cons. Um, just haven't made it to the big one. for I don't, I really don't have a reason. It's usually like I, I don't find out about it until people are like, oh my god, it sold out. And I'm like, oh, that was happening? Like I, I missed the memo kind of deal. <laughs> right. um, also being in San Diego, I've never done in San Diego. So just a little bit something that's out of my uh, circle, I guess. But I would totally go. I always tell people that I've never even been. I'm like, Like oh, D23 Expo is like Comic Con, (laughs) even if I
0: have no idea. Yes, that's what I can only compare it to. And so, what I was realizing is, you know, I've never been to Comic Con. I've been to one fan con that was not D23, which was a gamer con with a Y. So, it was for gay gamers, very specific audience. And, um, but it was fan made. And so there were so many cool panels there that I remember not expecting. And, you know, people could create a panel if they wanted one and get it on the agenda. And so that's what I'm realizing from my understanding is a big difference between the expo at D23, which is Disney's exposition, versus a true fan convention, the convening of people right. without the parent company. And so I'm looking at New York Comic Con. Well- And there's so many cool panels. I'm just like, what? Why don't we have these at Disney? But it's because I don't (laughs) think you can create your own panel at at D23.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, so to me, when these, for instance, I go to this um, or I've been to not go to. I've been to one time only, uh, but plan to go many more times to the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet up in Seattle. And they usually do it on the off years, or I th- I'm sorry, they have them every years. but I plan <laughs> every years. I cannot speak. They have it every year, but I plan on going the off years when there's no expo to go to, right? So I fill in that gap with this other one. And the great thing about this is that they only sell how many tickets there are seats, and they only have one room for panels. So everybody gets access to every single panel. So it's almost like this relief, like breath of fresh air from having to deal with the expo and choosing and picking and choosing and... Not knowing if you're gonna get in and waiting in line, all that stuff. Um, but anyway, it's a much smaller one. But I feel like all the panels there are exactly what the expo has that are also the smaller panels. So like the Imagineer led ones and all those like deep dive ones that yeah. like sometimes we don't don't go to because we're at the big announcement panels that are the exposition ones. So I totally get what you're saying, but I want to go like to one a lot of those. Of those have that and D twenty three even in my opinion D23 also has it but we just don't choose it
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you know what I mean I guess um, I'd want to go to one of those ones you're describing to see what it looks like to have a a fan produced panel versus Disney and right um, yeah and, and also, it, it allows people to not feel like they have to be on good behavior if they work for the company, if that makes sense. I don't know. That's just how I'm, I'm imagining these. Oh, I haven't right. been to these panels that were created by fans, except for that one video game one, uh, and it was very like casual. But um, I wanted to list out some of the panels that I would have requested reservations for had I decided to go. I've made up my mind that I'm not going to go. I was already getting stressed out, like, (laughs) reading all of the stuff about the reservation system (laughs) and just being crowded at Jacob Jaffetz Center in New York City. I just didn't want to deal with it. And then I was like, I could plan ahead next time, though. And if I could get a room nearby, I think that would be – like, we're so spoiled when we go to D23. Oh, yeah,
1: you need to stay, like, at the
0: place. It's right there, right? I couldn't couldn't imagine commuting 30 minutes on the subway for four days just to go to a couple of panels. so. I ended up deciding not to. Yeah, no, that's rough. Not to go, but I wanted to tell you what they had going, so you understand what made me almost decide to book it. And there's a lot of cool things. Some of them are um, official, and then some are these fan made ones. So, one of the ones that stood out to me right off the bat was it's called Case Studies. It's a panel called Case Studies: Building Multicultural Spaces in Schools Through the Power of Geek. And I showed this to Jerry. So Jerry, my husband okay. used to be in education for a long time. And I didn't know they, again, I didn't know they had stuff like this, like this specific. It's almost like a, a Reddit thread title. And, um, and then I was looking more into it and they do have these like professional tracks for people who are professionals and going there to figure out how to marry the two concepts together, like entertainment and education or entertainment and the workplace. And so I was just like, so excited, so excited. I also think that someday we should be able to just it's go cool. and get reimbursed for work. Now that I know that they have these types of panels, they're like, oh, I'm going to oh this, my this uh, <laughs> HR panel. Uh, so that was one of the panels. There's another one right? uh, that was really cool. It's called uh, Photographers of Color and Their Impact on Cosplay and Pop Culture. So they have this whole panel dedicated to diversity and talking about these photographers journey, um, navigating that world. So, again, really cool. Did not expect that. It's awesome. Um, there's one that I would have signed up for called, Yes, But How? Building LGBTQ Plus Affirming Schools Through Comic Books. And, if I, again, if I was an educator or if I was still somebody who had
1: – Yeah, why is there so much you know, school stuff?
0: Yeah, so I guess – I'm surprised there's,
1: there's more than one.
0: <laughs> I, I'm thinking that – I, you know, neither of us are, like, really that steeped in the comic world at all. I think that maybe there have been more partnerships that I didn't even know about, like, between DC and schools and Marvel in schools. Wow. Oh. Because uh, with the comic books and graphic novels. So it sounds like they're trying to um, show educators how to take stories like... Think of uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales and how there was a different character of a different race and how you could use that. Or think about a uh, queer character, uh, Marvel character, and how that can be used as part of a lesson in class. But they're right. entertained the whole time. They think they're reading a comic. I just think, wow. Just So smart. So smart. I wish I had kids. This is another reason why I wish I had kids. (laughs) So I could go march over to the school. Put it to the list. Hey, I would like to be the sponsor of your gay club because this and that. Uh, Right. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the the panels are people like the New York City Public School Department of Social Studies and Civics and historians of comic book artistry. Like These are the people that are uh, doing these panels. And um, I know that there are some... There are some uh, certification courses in different professional sectors, HR and finance and whatever, where sometimes these type of panels count as credit toward um, college courses and stuff. So, again, my mind just kept exploding when I realized how how edutainment-focused this was and not, yes, not yes. just the fun stuff. But, okay, let's get to the, the the crazy fun fan stuff that I was excited for. So they are premiering the Super Mario Brothers film teaser trailer, and I thought, oh, that's fun. And then I saw it's like in the Empire stage, which is one of the big ones, and I was like, that's too stressful to do all that, just to watch a trailer. And you know they're gonna show it <laughs> on YouTube right after. But I'm excited for that. Chris Pratt is playing Mario, and people are saying if, if The voice is bad. No one's going to watch it. So it's like a make it or break it moment for that trailer.
1: Oh, my gosh. I just realized because Mario has an accent. They're not going to make him do an accent, right? That would be weird. Yeah.
0: I don't know what they're going to do, like the Italian (laughs) thing. Whoops. (laughs) Who knows how they're going to do it. Um, Oh, my gosh. And then there's a lot of, like, big premieres and teasers and first episodes of things That are being shown off at Comic Con. So I didn't know this, but HBO Max is uh, launching an adult animated comedy. Think um, like a Daria or a Family Guy. And it's called Velma. And it's all about Velma Dinkley from Scooby Doo when she was younger. Aww.
1: (laughs) It seems cute. Cute. Um,
0: And this is produced by Mindy Kaling. So, you know, the writing is probably gonna be funny too. Uh, So there's that one. That's cute. There's also, um, oh, my God, I think you would like this one. This was one of the ones that I regret not going. Garbage Pail Kids Panel.
1: What? Yeah, and it's called A
0: Gross Out Update. And so the, the team behind Garbage Pail Kids, they come back, and it's, like, moderated by R.L. Stein from Goosebumps. And then they're also launching a Garbage Pail Kid's gross-out cookbook, which is what they're doing this panel for. Oh,
1: gross. Nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> so cute. I was like, what? Wait, who was oh, your Garbage Pail Kid character?
0: There is Spiky Mikey. He was on a bed of nails, and it was going through his skin.
1: <laughs> Mine was, I think it was just Jumpin' Jen. I can't remember what was wrong with it now.
0: Wait, Jump Rope's
1: yeah, I just remember well, jump rope, but what?
0: I think it was with her snot, no? I could Ew, I could picture it. I don't remember. <laughs> I could picture somebody doing that. Uh, oh my
1: god, I have to look it up now. This is like so bad. But so, yes, I would definitely like to go.
0: That's a cool see that one, panel, right? Especially I, I hope I they haven't, like, like talk about
1: Oh wait, I just looked it up. She is jump roping with barbed wire. Not her snot. Ooh, ouch! But
0: <laughs> ouch!
1: And she's Masicrous. covered in scratches and bandages and has an eye patch. I should be her for oh. Halloween.
0: Wow, that's actually a cool character. That's a cool costume. Deep. Cut. Okay,
1: what if we got a whole group of us to do our garbage pail kids for Halloween? That would be hell cute. Stop it. That okay. Is, anyway, that
0: is moving on. <laughs> uh, speaking of another panel called Nerdlesk One Hundred and One nerdy and flirty and it's this whole cosplay uh panel about the basics of nerdlesk the nerdy art of striptease and how to make your favorite characters peel and reveal ready (gasps) like what that's so cool and then there's even a note it's like our potty our body our body our panel is body positive sex positive gender inclusive safe space we teach nerds about combining their favorite characters with sultry striptease Like, that is such a cool thing. And these are those things like you were saying earlier that as someone who's not, I guess, a Comic-Con person, I am 1,000% more interested in these smaller panels than any of these big hall ones. Right. right, If we could just switch our brain at D23, we might have a different experience (laughs) to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... That's how I used to go to D twenty three until we started going to those big ones, and I just got addicted to adrenaline rush. So I was really <laughs> thinking about it this time. I was like, maybe I next time will not do the big ones. I
0: don't know, probably
1: not. But, but I was thinking, about it didn't I feel like I'm we, missing out
0: on those, huh? Because it's uh, because we bought that thing too, the preferred seating. Like we felt. Like oh we yeah, there's had definitely had no way to. if I buy that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes it even more challenging. Uh, but yeah, um, nerdy and real flirty. Quick,
1: the there's this one panel we always go to at it's called Fanime, Fanime Con. It's in San Jose every year Memorial Day weekend, and there's one panel we always try our best to make, and it's called Bad Hentai. Do you know what Hentai is?
0: Porn, cartoon yes. porn, <laughs> anime so porn. <laughs>
1: anime porn yes and they have a whole panel on like the really bad ones so it's hilarious and it's at midnight so it's like all these adults and we're just like in this big ballroom watching bad hentai and it's <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is really weird it's, so they and show they have, like, like boners and bad people and everything? do
1: yeah they just show like funny well it's like it's animated, so it's, like, whatever they've decided that their genitals are going to look like at that <laughs> point. But it's, like, really funny genitals. stuff because it's just so bad. And then, um, yeah, they just, like, have a lot of, this sounds bad, but audience participation. <laughs> like, they, they do this thing where they joke around where they do hand check, and they go by with flashlights, and everybody has to put their hands in the air so you're not touching yourself. It's, like, so silly. Oh, my gosh. But it's, like, fun. It's at midnight. It feels, like, kind of cabaretish and silly and... It's it's great.
0: <laughs> that sounds really fun. And exactly the stuff that I I want more of at a Disney thing. So maybe maybe I need to go. We need to go to like one of those Portland ones you're talking about. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, um, oh damn.
0: Okay, so the list keeps going on. There's a lot of cool things and I'm listing them out now and neither of us are going so it's just pure FOMO. But I will I will probably try watching the live stream <laughs> like I did with Star Wars Celebration. So if there's anything Ooh, fun. Oh, they have.
1: Wait, do Okay. I think Definitely
0: so. Definitely watch that. I, I think they do. I know some of the panels that I was reading that were specific to the cosplay stage because there's so many cosplay panels. A lot of those are going to be live streamed. Um, and oh my gosh, there's so many that I, I'm going to list out. And I'm trying to save the best one, the best two for last for you specifically. So let me get into a couple of other cool Uh-oh. things that they're doing. Um Netflix is premiering Tim Burton's Wednesday, the first episode in the big hall. So you get to watch. The whole episode? Uh Uh-huh, so you get to watch the Wednesday Addams series premiere. Um, That seems fun, and of course, they're gonna have everyone out on stage, so Jenna Ortega, who's playing Wednesday, and Luis Guzman, who's playing Gomez. That's cool. So they'll be there and talking about it. um, Probably Tim Burton, he wasn't listed, but who knows. And then. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, Dana Jones, is she in
1: it? Isn't she? Who plays Morticia? <laughs>
0: oh, wait, I think you're right. It is. I'm, I'm thinking of t- National Treasure and I'm so confused.
1: She's making a comeback. She's of now Disney. the mom. Yeah, of you're right. right? She <laughs> is.
0: Look at her. And then she, she has the gray bob in National Treasure. And then in this one, she has, yeah, the long Morticia hair. Love it. Um, okay, there's this other panel. Now, this one's on the big stage. And this one I would wait for in line if I was staying nearby. Tribute to 45 Years of Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis and Laurie Strode. So it's all about Laurie Strode and her character. And she is there, the queen of Halloween. And guess who's moderating this panel?
1: Oh my God, who else would be super cool to have from Spooky Stuff? Bruce Campbell.
0: Ooh, that's a really good guess. Um, (laughs) This one is a fun full circle moment because this person, she's been around for a long time, but she also was a surprise star in a huge horror franchise that paid homage to movies like Halloween. And
1: Okay, so scary movie.
0: Scream.
1: Oh, scream. Yeah, okay, okay. So that's not, funny because that's not, a parody. That's right. Of a, you didn't say a parody.
0: That's a parody to a homage. Of, that's hilarious. That's a double, <laughs> double, double. Drew Barrymore is moderating it.
1: Oh. Um. I was gonna guess Nev Campbell. Drew Barrymore is pretty freaking cool. Wow. And how cute
0: and fun is she, right? Like she has our talk show. Yes. I feel like that's gonna be a fun panel. She'd
1: be a great host, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And then they'll like talk about what it's like to be like scream queens. I don't know, just Dang, really why cool. are
1: you not going to this? I know,
0: I know. And I the time has already passed. Can you Monday, we talk you back into it right now, this please? Past Monday at noon. Was the was the reservation time? So everyone who went in went this past Monday at noon to put in their selections, and it wasn't like a one week period like D twenty it, three. It's like first come first serve, so it's done, it's done. The ship has sailed.
1: Oh, I'm really sad, man. But
0: I will definitely try to find these things on on YouTube or streaming. Now, um, there's this other one that's great for Halloween. It's called Spooks, Shivers, and Shrieks, and it's a horror panel, and it's all about um, real life. Horrors that have become folklore, like ghosts in the sea, southern haunted mansions, urban legends, all this stuff, Uh, which sounds like, again, really fun, and a small panel that probably less people are at. Um, There's this thing called Ondine. It's the name of a character in a queer fairy tale puppet show, a full-on puppet show. What? That's LGBTQIA plus inclusive. (laughs) Uh, and it's family friendly, too. And it's about a water sprite named Undine, who's a man, and he falls in love with a knight. That is, seems very cute. Um, there's this another cosplay one that you would love. It's called Geek Life Rules New York Cosplay Cabaret. Uh, this is cute. the one that says they are probably going to do it virtually. And they're actually going to be talking about how they've had to go from live to virtual and then back again during the pandemic. So they're going to talk about what that was like to do all these virtual cosplay shows. Um, wow. Cool. And then it keeps going. Making it work. Capital W-E-R-K exclamation point. Drag conception to costume perfection. A whole drag panel on cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Enti- like cosplay already is drag. So to have like a specific one with drag queens and like the humor, I can't even imagine. Like that's so fun. Why aren't Gosh. we going to this? Why aren't we going to this?
1: <laughs> Why aren't you? I wish I was.
0: There's a, This one is more for me, but uh, I'm, I've i been watching Chucky, the new Child's Play series. It's actually very good mm-hmm. um, and very queer. It's made by, um, it's the same guy who created Child's Play from the original, and he's, he's a gay man. And so there's a lot of funny gay stuff in it. But anyway, season two is about to come out, and they're having like a cast panel and a sneak peek for that. Now, funny enough, that's what led me down this rabbit hole was I was like, oh, when does Chucky season two come out? I heard about it. And then I ended up finding out they're doing this panel. And here we are. I'm telling you about all these other panels that neither of us are going to. But I have a (laughs) few more to get you excited for something. Another one is an R.L. Stein dedicated panel for Goosebumps and Other Scary Books for the Ages. And he brings on other authors to his panel to talk about their stuff. That is so cool, nostalgic.
1: Very cool. I read so many RL Stein books when I was little.
0: Right? Oh, they're so good And those the covers. They're like their the own. the
1: babysitter, like... stop it.
0: That was our Decom cuz we were too <laughs> yeah. old to watch Disney Channel movies, but those were right? like cuz they had covers with actual people on it sometimes posing as the characters. <laughs> right. Um okay, get this. Here's another reunion featuring the full voice cast of People Who Are Alive, 1985 animated series, Thundercats oh! the whole Aww, Thundercats team cute. are coming together, including this guy, Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O, and the voice of Chitara Lynn Lipton. I don't know their acting names, but I know those characters. How cool is that one? Wow. Um,
1: this is like definitely very big like you would have to pick and choose your it's like d23 level of which panels like you've already listed off so many that there's no way we'd be able to do all the ones i want to do yes
0: (laughs) almost all of these have overlapping ones and um this was me selecting ones that i was interested in with a filter there it's it's almost like an encyclopedia there's that many panels that i didn't even look at dang um so a couple last ones that I thought were cool was there's this uh, panel about the rise of queer horror. So it's just specifically to horror writing that is being put out and published by queer authors or with queer content, which I didn't even know there was like, I didn't know if there was this whole world out there. So now I'm interested in that. (laughs) And I'm like, what are these books? Like, are they good? Are they fun? Are they sexy? So there's, there's a whole panel on that. And then here we go with the last two that will make it, So you and I should have gone to this. Okay.
1: I can't, I've already, I'm already (laughs) like mad that I'm not going. (laughs) Like, thanks for telling me when I can't even make reservations.
0: (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) I've also never really looked into the program. So I guess San Diego is probably just as cool, if not bigger than this, right? Um, Right.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So there is a Disney panel with Imagineers and it's called Suiting Up with Superheroes at Disney Parks and Experiences. And they're going to talk all about Avengers Campuses plural and the stuff that's coming soon, which means they might even show a little bit more of like that King Thanos ride we heard about coming to California Adventure. Um, so that was okay. the, these are like All actual right. Imagineers that are coming and they're gonna talk about uh, the Disney Wish because there's an Avengers restaurant there. They're gonna talk about Paris, uh, Cosmic Rewind Disney World oh, and then Disneyland, California. Very cool. Okay, now the big one for you, not really for me, is Stop. at the big main stage, probably for the last time they're going to do this ever. Back to the Future cast and creator what? reunion, the whole Back to the Future cast: oh. Christopher Lloyd, Michael J. Fox, oh. right? Like, remember how we felt like the Indiana Jones panel at D twenty three? Like, this is probably going to be that. It's like nostalgic, oh my god, heartwarming, and then older actors.
1: Wait, why do you think it's going to be the last time they do it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just think usually it's because there's like a big celebration I think they're like celebrating an anniversary or something and then I mean Christopher Lloyd's getting old and then Michael wow. J Fox he was on The Good Wife <laughs> which is a show that I really love and he would come on there as a guest star as a lawyer pretty often but yeah I don't know I get, I worry about some of these folks that you don't see that often anymore
1: aww you know.
0: <laughs> So yeah, that is really cool. Dang and then it.
1: The- yeah, I want I've been wanting to go to some of those back to the future things that they have. Even the fans have like a meetup at the Twin Peaks, um not Twin Peaks, Twin Pine Two Pine, what's it called? Two Pine Mall? Twin Pines Mall. Shoot.
0: What? What's You that? guys
1: out there know what I'm talking about. The mall where they <laughs> did the the testing on the um uh oh my god, what's the car called? The Hulk. The car. Oh, the DeLorean. DeLorean. Yeah, and there's yeah, a brand just, new yeah. one that
0: just came out. 2023, like they rebooted it or something.
1: What in the world? And it
0: looks like so cool and futuristic. Um, oh, I, I, I wonder it. if they'll have like the DeLorean on the show floor. That's so
1: cool. Probably, so, especially if they're coming out with a new one. they probably for sure have that out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, there, are, I didn't even get into the long list of uh, – celebrity meet and greets and autographs like this is even bigger at these cons i guess like people pay and they wait in line to meet their like favorite person from whatever and i was looking through that list and there was one that would have been really cool this one's actually he, was, he has his own panel that he's talking oscar isaac and to think about Aww. like he's done a lot of stuff and just, like, sneakily around. So he was in X-Men mm-hmm. as the villain, but he had so much makeup on. I forgot the name of the character, the scary, like, Egyptian. I oh, was say, I did not guy. know that at all. Yeah, and you can barely recognize him. So that's Marvel before Disney. Now he's Moon Knight, also Marvel, um, owned by Disney. And um, he's in Star Wars as Poe Dameron. And then he's done a lot of other sci-fi movies. Like, he's done, uh, um, I think it's called Ex Machina, that movie, was really good. There's, like, three actors in it, and he's one of them. Oh, funny. That's him ver- It's him with the dude from Star Wars is the other guy that plays it. This is way before Star Wars. Um, that's great. The bad guy. Ex Machina's A24. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, it was uh, – what's mm-hmm. his name? The guy – one of the Weasley brothers and then opposite Oscar Isaac. So cool. But, yeah, that would have been a cool one to hear oh, from Oh, he's a
1: general something – yeah, what? H- Hux, Hux something. Yeah. Hugs or huds. Hux. What's his General name? Hux.
0: I was going to say Huxtable. Hux, there it is. <laughs> Lips, not Huxtable. J-E-L-L-O. Uh, okay. So that's my, I, I meant to talk for like five minutes about this and it grew longer, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I we need to be on, I need to be on top. I need to look at more than just Disney because there also are like Disney, Disney adjacent things that are right. happening at these other places.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things I I really loved about going to the FANIME convention is that there's so much Disney involved in that as well. Um, It started off as strictly anime, and then it started blending into animation and having all these other panels, like, I don't even remember what else I've seen there, but there's definitely, like, Disney cosplay all over the place and, like, meetups for it and whatnot. Super fun. Um, And then I went to San Diego, or I'm sorry, San Diego, the Santa... No, it's called the Silicon Valley Comic Con, which is at the same venue as um, the Fanime. which I'm getting the two the mixed San up Zay because one. I was about to say that I went to a panel with Wednesday Addams. Uh, Christina Ricci was there getting interviewed about Oh, my it. goodness. So,
0: yeah, That's our Wednesday. Yep. I love that. <laughs> I love that.
1: So cool. Well, dang, I, I really want to go so can we just go
0: and i think i think theirs is yearly right so i will keep an eye on these things and bring them up if we should consider going to any of these. yeah
1: so you can now fill your gap in from d23 expo also yes there that. you go i like that See? uh
0: so Gosh. anyways uh speaking of panels in a way Something they had at D23 Expo that neither of us attended because there were so many things going on was they had a panel about the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, which brought back some of the cast members from that series back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, Of course, it was on the small panel stage, so the big stars you're probably thinking of, like Brittany and Christina, of course they were not there. Um, They were just the people who... Uh, needed to promote something or had nothing to do. No shame, right. no shame. I just no am pointing out why we didn't queue uh, overnight to go to this panel. Right. But <laughs> it had me thinking and it got me going down a rabbit hole about the Mickey Mouse Club, uh, particularly that one that was during our generation. And so I thought it would be the perfect time for us to do a little bit of the history of the all new Mickey Mouse Club Series on the Disney Channel, according to Mike TV.
1: Oh, wait. This isn't according to Mike TV? <laughs> I didn't realize that. It okay. is.
0: It is. Because as I was um, creating the history so that we could discuss it, there were just some, what is it, low-hanging fruit. Just There's like, some opportunities. Yeah, I just had to squeeze some in here. So to your point, it okay. was actually starting out as just real history. Because I watched... Um, quite a lot of like YouTube videos about it before the expo, because I just wanted to understand, number one, who are these people that were coming to the expo, and then what what is the story mm-hmm. behind that show that we grew up with? So are you Okay, ready? so
1: all of you at home, if you've never played along with it, according to Mike TV series, that means you need to scream out, fib, anytime you think Mike is bullshitting us. And it happens often enough, let me tell you. So all right, play along then, and let's hear all about the all-new Mickey Mouse Club.
0: All right, let's get into it. Oh, so that was uh, one of the intros from the what is also called MMC, Mickey Mouse Club. And so this show ran from 1989 to 1996. So we are not talking about the original Black and White Mickey Mouse Club. That one aired 1955 through 1959 on ABC. And uh, the one we're going to focus on today is the Disney Channel one. So you had to have that subscription, I believe, at the time to get access to this. Um, and it's mostly known for its 90s run, but it was from 1989 um, to 1996, as you mentioned. So, 1989, the show debuted, and the reason why the Disney company developed it was they were trying to target a different age group that they didn't have yet in their palm of their hands yet on Disney Channel, tweens and teens,
1: Mm. right? I mean, and that, that
0: is definitely the group, and there were a couple of reasons why, because Disney usually keeps an eye on their competition and then they're like okay we need to outdo it i mean just earlier we're talking about dreamlight valley which is now trying to copy animal crossing but they did that back then too so they needed a show focused on tweens and teens to compete with a couple of other shows that in the 80s and going into the early 90s were very popular with that group do you have any thoughts on maybe what a couple of those are Non Disney
1: popular
0: shows for tweens and teens that are like live variety comedy.
1: Uh shoot. Um, live shows? No. Um, the only thing I can think of that comes out like first in my head is that one show with Ed McMahon.
0: Where <laughs> Star there was like, Search.
1: It was like a talent show. <laughs> Star yes, Search. Yes, Star Search. Oh my god,
0: I love that. And that the hilarious part about that is most of the same people from Mickey Mouse Club also were on that. Like Christina, <laughs> nice. Britney, and even non Mickey Mouse Club people like uh, Beyonce was on there with Destiny's Child as Little Girls. Hilarious. Oh my God, I forgot about that show. Three and a oh half stars. Oh my gosh, stars. wait. Three and a quarter what about,
1: stars. God, I can't think of anything else live, like game shows. Oh, like Double Dare. Was it too young, though? It no, no, been a those younger. are good.
0: Tweens, I guess, right? What they were also trying to do was, and I'm actually glad you brought up Double Dare because they did incorporate all kinds of stuff into Mickey Mouse Club, like pieces of all these other competitive shows. So the the ah. two that they were really trying to outdo was the first one was Kids Incorporated. Do you remember Kids Incorporated? This was I mm. know like probably your older brother and my older sister watched this. I only I don't like think I knew it. know the theme song from being really little and like my sister and my older cousins watching it. Um but I'm gonna play a little bit of the music to see if it jogs anyone's memory. Everybody
1: something better new that is true you
0: i mean i like the 80s guys. Oh, we'll be any more 80s <laughs>
1: I do remember I
0: remember the theme song Now um, This is not Me making it up I actually just don't know I I think it was Canadian And I think We only got it on PBS Like after the Canadian Public Broadcasting Service um, Syndicated it or something like that My brother's
1: also a lot older Than your sister So maybe he was too old For that show when it came out I think (laughs) this started
0: Like in the late Like 79 through like 90 Or something
1: Oh yeah yeah. He would already be like 20 at that point
0: (laughs) Uh, already aged out. Why did I think they're the same age? Hilarious. Um, <laughs> now, funny enough, we're going to talk about celebrities who came out of Mickey Mouse Club. But some, there was somebody Canadian that came out of Kids Incorporated. And that's Fergie Ferg. <laughs> Stacy Ferguson from Black Eyed Peas. Thank you very much. <laughs> and as I was oh playing gosh, this clip for Fergie. us, she was the first person that they showed in the cast. <laughs> Fergie Ferg.
1: Oh my gosh, crazy! I did not know that about her.
0: Um, okay, now there was another show that was wildly popular. Again, live kind of like skits, like a kids' version of an SNL. That was uh, more so directly competing with Mickey Mouse Club. It was it was the top it was the top tweens show at the time. Okay. And it was on a competing network with Disney Channel. Probably their only competing network at the time. There was no Cartoon Network or anything like that. There was just one big orange competitor.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 oh. Um, you can't do that on television.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Do you remember that show on Nickelodeon?
1: Heck, yeah. Alana Morissette was on it. And she got the... What was it called? What, what do they call it? The something... The goo or the slime or something dumped on her? Oh, the. Gack! Nickelodeon Gack. Gack. Yep. Hilarious.
0: Here's a little clip I of can that. I say, I don't know. Open the <laughs> music. <laughs> The funny thing about this show the intro particularly i think it made more of an impression on me than i remember because when i'm watching it back it is very much the aesthetic that i um i enjoy or i like to use if i'm creating stuff like you know these home videos i used to create like the box of friends back in high school like paper crafts Mm -hmm. and stop motion um, the intro for this Nickelodeon show, You Can't Do That on Television, is very much like that. Um, it, also, it was also like when Pee Wee Herman was big. Uh. And it, and it was kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, and
1: MTV was doing that a lot too with all their different MTV yeah. logos.
0: And like people's faces like screaming with different music playing, like a different sound effect. <laughs> <Like it's just laughs> weird, weird, late 80s, 90s stuff. Uh, but yeah, that was You Can't Do That on Television. And that is the show where if you said the word, I don't know, right? Is that what you said? The phrase is, yep. I don't know, then you got slimed from the top and you could buy that GAC. They even sold the Nickelodeon gack <laughs> like Toys R Us. So anyways, going back into history, Disney Channel wanted some of that audience that we just talked about. So they came up with the all new Mickey Mouse Club, April 24th, 1989. And so the show eventually became, it was a mix of live skits, recorded comedy, um, and musical performances, both recorded and live. And the Mouseketeers, they did their own live versions of popular songs um, and sometimes would do their own versions of music videos that were already popular. And what I thought was interesting about this is they the songs they chose were, at least the way I look at it, seemed like very mature, mature or adult contemporary songs, like not what the kids were listening to. In the '90s, okay. So like, I have nothing from The Bodyguard, Whitney Houston, but you also have Christina Aguilera, so you got to use her voice, but it still seems weird, like so adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they did a cover of week by SWV, which was a jam at the time, but it just oh my gosh, I like love it. Kids, I know that was weird. Uh, <laughs> they did a cover of "I Feel for You" by Shaka Khan. Uh, which is actually one of my favorite performances but the, the song choice is weird but it's Brittany and Justin and it's just like iconic stuff um and then yeah
1: are there any pop songs for that younger group I don't really know that there right? is I
0: couldn't think of anything
1: yeah it's usually it starts at like high school or junior high years when you really start getting into pop music that is made for adults
0: right like right? what like, else could they have sung I can't, I can't think of it
1: I can't think of anything either it's either yeah, it goes, it like jumps wildly from like children's songs to high school, right? Like <laughs> yes, yeah. There's a big gap in there. I think kind of always. That's really weird to think about.
0: <laughs> it's it it really an age weird. And there's we're like, all songs...
1: day, like daydreaming about being an adult anyway. So maybe that's why. Yeah, you're and tweet
0: yeah, That's right. Tweens they want to be teens, and teens want to yep. be adults. So I guess the the lyrics of that make you feel like cool, like ooh, funky yeah, Cole yeah. Medina, like these weird. Songs. <laughs> Uh, but I have to play you an audio clip of another performance um, this one is also by Brittany and Justin and they did a cover of do you know that song I'll Take You There it was a one hit wonder but their version um, from Mickey Mouse Club has stuck with me I'm going to play you a clip
1: I don't recall it off that but I'm sure I'll recognize it
0: <laughs> okay here we go help me so that's
1: pretty. Oh, wow. Ah, <laughs> oh, did you know that oh. song?
0: <laughs> you recognize it, oh, right? I'll
1: take you back. Get it, girl. I'll take
0: you back. I'll okay, here you comes back. Justin with his rap. Oh, yeah. I'll
1: take you
0: back. It's your this and is Justin Timberlake. So. He's also got a do rag on his head. Oh, his my god. Oh, my god. oh my god. And Brittany, okay, so I, I, I actually posted a lot of these already like a few weeks ago. I think when I was going down this rabbit hole. So if you're listening to the podcast, you go back to our Instagram, you could see some of these clips. But. It, it not only is it iconic, but Britney Spears has not changed. She's doing the same exact spins that she does on Instagram right now. In front of her camera. Like she's she's always been that person, like that pageant girl. And it's so, I guess it's cute, but it's also kind of disturbing. <laughs> if That makes sense. Like, <laughs> like looking like, wait back a second. At this. That's yeah, like,
1: literally how she looks today. What's going they, on?
0: Right. Like, did she ever get to live a life? But anyways, want to celebrate these um, performances because they are so. Funny, and there's such a moment in time um okay so let's talk about more of what it was like on set with these people so the uh, show itself was filmed on location at MGM Studios at the time at Walt Disney World and fun fact Betty White stopped by to cheer on the cast during live performances because it was in the same thing and you know you hear these stories about like studio lots and people get to they like ride the go-kart to visit each other. Like, that is such a cool... That
1: is very cute, but for some reason, that just reminded me that this isn't according to Mike TV, so I'm going to call Fib.
0: (laughs) 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 Okay, you got me. So, yes, they filmed at MGM Studios, uh, but Golden Girls, I don't think was filming at that time. I think it might have... Actually, it could have been, but (laughs) but Betty White did not come over there. But in my mind... (laughs) She wandered over there in her... It's still very cute. I can dream of it. Yeah, that would be cute. Um, Okay. So uh, this Mickey Mouse Club, you know, the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, was actually the first to feature a live studio studio audience. So that surprised me. The black and white one that we all have seen from the archives was not a studio audience. It was just a set, I guess.
1: Okay, okay. Um,
0: So that was a big thing. And then there was a couple of things that they did that were also big changes from the classic Mickey Mouse Club. Um, after the first season, they rebranded to MMC, so like that was that became their official nickname because that was like cool '90s instead of Mickey Mouse Club MMC, right. uh, which that I definitely remember. Um, and they also swapped out Mickey ears with Oswald ears in season one, and then they had no, a... no, le- they
1: didn't fib they- big time. <laughs> zero there chance, was zero. A legal
0: battle, yeah, zero chance. There's a legal battle with uh, the original, the other owner, I think Warner Brothers. So they couldn't do the Oswald ears anymore, but they didn't want to do the Mickey ears because they already did it. So instead they went with a whole new thing and tried to make it like a varsity club. And then they created personalized Letterman jackets, which became the new I remember new that. Thing, right. So there we go. That's cute. There we go. Yeah, you did get me on on Oswald. So, you know, they did purposely swap out the Mickey <laughs> ears with something new, But they went straight for the Letterman jackets, which is memorable, right? That was a really cool touch.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Uh, I do. Like, actually, every time I picture them, I picture them all, like, dancing with Letterman jackets on because it's, like, big and bulky, but their, like, like, (laughs) dance moves are on point.
0: (laughs) And it is, I I didn't think of it until I was doing this research that Mouseketeers are supposed to have the hats on, but they found a way to do it, and it worked. It's like,
1: nah, we're the 90s (laughs) Mouseketeers. We don't need those. We're not
0: those other ones.
1: Too cool Um, for mouse ears.
0: Too cool. So I had mentioned they filmed at MGM Studios. There was a move in the production. So about halfway through the series, after season three, they moved production to an undisclosed location in Burbank, California. So here's that thing where Disney's like, Moving people across the country to their other campuses, and the reason why was to avoid fan frenzy and security issues. So by the time it was mid-series, people were out there like trying to meet all of these. Oh my gosh! So they had to, including it,
1: yourself and Danielle.
0: Me and Danielle. So they could no longer film <laughs> at MGM, which which sucks. Um, okay, so there are other things that were featured on these shows. One of them were what they called like, tween dramedies. So these were, like, little mini soap operas that would show up every now and then in some episodes, and they would continue, like, in a serialized way. Uh, And I wanted to tell you about three different ones, three soap operas that they had. And these are just hilarious. And, yes, one of these is not real. I'm not going to tell you which one. I was
1: going to say, I already have to figure out which, which one is definitely not <laughs> real. I'm just going to
0: read the, the, all three. <laughs> if
1: not all three of them, but he already gave me the one. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so there is one called Teen Angel. Teen Angel. And this starred Jason Priestley before Beverly Hills 90210. So slightly younger. Weird. Pre-teen okay. Jason Priestley. Um, and this is very cute. Uh, he was a 1950s, you know, do-up, do-up, do-up style vibe. 1950s, Teenage guardian angel, and his name was Buzz Gunderson, and he died in a car wreck in 1959. And then he comes back as the ghost, um, and it was sort of like a riff on Highway to Heaven. Do you remember that show? Um, At the time, I do. And so, yeah, he was given assignments. Wait, no,
1: I don't. I was thinking of a song.
0: Oh, so (laughs) in, in Teen Angel, basically, he was the angel was giving given tasks and assignments that he had to complete successfully in order to gain access to heaven uh, there was a completely different show called highway Aww. to heaven that like my parents watched where it was an adult show but it was basically the same premise um he's like an angel but yeah Got so that it. was teen angel another one's called emerald cove and this one starred jc chazé from nsync uh also masketeer and this was an updated version of those classic 1960s beach movies that the other Mouseketeers used to do all the time. And so it was about a group of surfers, musicians, and party lovers. And so that was called Emerald Cove. And then there was one more soap opera, soap dramedy called Super Kid. And this one is so cute. This one's Ryan Gosling. And he played a superhero, and his nemesis was a villain played by Justin Timberlake. I mean, to see these two kids, like, playing... Hero and villain. <laughs> and guess what, Justin Timberlake's villain power was or his thing? He gave people wedgies.
1: Dancing. Wedgies.
0: Oh my <laughs> God. Murph's wedgies. And so, Super Kid Ryan Gosling would try to prevent that from happening. Um, so, yeah, these were three of several like dramedies that would show up. You know, they're pre recorded, like nice production value, and they would come in and play like five minutes at a time through some of these episodes. Teenage emerald Cove super kid
1: okay i'm gonna leave that i don't even want to call the fib i think we should make a poll on instagram for people Ooh. to guess which one is the fib and no <laughs> cheating you guys that's
0: boring yeah I don't see look what it the up listeners you gotta just think. guess make a guess uh, okay okay i like this <clears throat> and to be honest if i didn't make a note of which one was the fake one I have written these down, like, a couple weeks ago. I might have forgotten. Like, they are all three very, very up the alley of Disney Channel's content. Gotcha. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. So, I got more history here for you. So, let's move into 1990. So, this was season three of the Mickey Mouse Club. This is when it really started getting popular. It was when it hit 1990. And they started adding more uh, cast members that we would get to know and love later uh, to become pop stars. But, Something that was really special that happened in season three was they brought back six former Mouseketeers from the old-school Mickey Mouse Club, including that's right, Annette Funicello, which is probably the only one I know. <laughs> like I recognize that name all the time as the young woman on. Yeah, there's Mickey a Mouse
1: Club. Cubby and a Tommy. I remember those two were very popular, but that's about it
0: that I can remember. <laughs> those are cute names. Um, so yeah, they made a special appearance. And um, they interacted with the the new cast, and I want to play you a clip of a segment of the live show where one of the cast members of the new Mickey Mouse Club is doing sort of like their version of like a weekly update, like news broadcast. And uh, Annette Funicello comes on the screen. That was great. Hi, I'm Julie Tabuli with the Rock Report, and today I've got a very special guest. A mouse is here who really rocks the house. Everyone, please welcome Annette show. <laughs> Hi, Annette. Welcome to the show. Hi, Julie. It's nice to be here. Now, Annette, on the original Mickey Mouse Club, you guys had some totally hot music videos. Isn't that right? No, Julie, we didn't have music videos on our show. What? <laughs> but what we did have, we like to call singing and dancing. Singing and dancing? Wow, what a concept. <laughs> and well, then they go, they look go look on to uh, play some clips of the old stuff. And then what's really cute is Annette and the, the rest of the group, they appear in more skits throughout that episode. But at the very end, she said uh, this really nice spiel, and she was just like, wanted to thank all of them for welcoming her and the old crew and said, the club is in good hands because of all of you. So I thought that was nice that they passed Aww. the torch on one of those episodes. Nice
1: little handoff, official handoff. Yeah. That's
0: cute. Yeah. Oh my god, just hearing that clip too and the way the the teenage girl talked was just hilarious. Like she kept saying, totally <laughs> right. music video and it was um I'm realizing it was less like SNL Weekend Update, it was very much a parody of do do MTV music that rock that yes. update with a uh, Kurt Loder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Kurt Loader. This is MTV News. Kurt
1: Loader, who is now in his 70s. 70s. I can't even.
0: Yep. So they had little crazy sec- segments like that. Uh, all right. So music was a big part of the show, as you just heard. So they actually went on a 1992, 1992 Target store musical tour hosted by teen a teenage what? Ryan Seacrest. Now, they used to do that stuff all the what? time. Yeah. Do you remember, like, Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, like, they got big from these mall tours. So this was like a thing at, in that time, late in right. So Target sponsored one, hosted, uh, they hosted and sponsored it. The cast went on tour, and it was hosted by Ryan Seacrest. He was not famous yet. He didn't even have a radio show yet.
1: I'm calling Fib again. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> Ryan Seacrest, get out of town. And... Okay, wait though, because you've been doing these partial fibs uh-huh, this uh, uh-huh. this one. So, do we want to call Target also a fib? Because Target wasn't like Target back then; it was like I, like we had Kmart back then. We didn't even have Target in the eighties, did we?
0: I think it. I don't even remember on the that from way back then. In. Same. I don't remember it until I was like a teenager, but I think it existed in other places. Um, so apparently this was real. <laughs> they really did okay, do okay. a musical tour in 1992 at whatever target stores were created in certain regions. <laughs> but you have you have the fib correct. It was not hosted by anybody that we know. <laughs> I was like let alone wait, Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Darn, I thought that was a I real I have to go to my natu- my
1: like natural him. anytime I'm like shocked I'm like wait, he's lying. It's a
0: fib. <laughs> fib 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 um all right so here is a fun um fact in the history of mickey mouse club about its past particularly disney trying to i hate to use the word woke because that's become like a you know not a it's become a little bit of a negative negative. word yeah yeah Uh, but they they had always been trying when they can or i guess when the right people were able to make decisions and try to represent um Diversity and celebrate that and all that stuff. So, the 200th episode of MMC, Mickey Mouse Club, was an entire show dedicated to racial unity. And that Aww. that surprised me. Like, number one, I don't remember that. Number two, like, how cool in the early 90s, you know, this kid did. It's joke. very cool. So, it was about racial unity. Um, and there were some guest stars on it. Very, very cool. And I'm going to list them out Reverend Jesse Jackson, who was also, I think, a politician at the time. Wow. Senator barack obama who was the senator of illinois at that time and then pop singer tevin campbell who's actually now gay can we
1: talk (laughs) he
0: finally came out just recently i'm like girl i thought you were singing to a boy that whole time anyways (laughs) uh poor thing anyways but yeah tevin campbell came on and performed he was like a huge star in that year i guess of the 200th episode. Oh
1: my gosh, how funny!
0: But what a cool. I'm gonna call yeah, Fib
1: on Barack Obama, but.
0: <laughs> Did I get it? You got yes. it. Yes, you got it. He was he was a senator, I think, back then. But no, he was not on the show. But how cool if he was?
1: That would have been cool.
0: Jesse was Jackson was. Do though. you
1: think was this in response to
0: the Rodney King incident? It could be. It could be right early. If that 90s? was around that same time. That would make sense, and a really good move if that was the case.
1: See all these people thinking that Disney's just now jumping on it. They've been jumping yeah, on it.
0: There you go. They just and that's probably, probably a
1: less a big reason that always. we like them so much. But we never never really thought about it because it's always been part of our lives. It's kind of cool. Yeah,
0: and if it's done right, like edutainment, then it shouldn't feel like such a huge deal when you're absorbing it. Right. Right. So right. very cool. Now um, we're getting closer to the end of our history lesson here on the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. So I want to talk more about the, <laughs> the members, the Masketeers themselves. So throughout the entire uh, life of this series, again, 98 through 96, I have two different numbers here. I have nine, ending at 94 and ending at 96. So we'll, we'll call it between 94 and 96 when it ended. Uh, but throughout its whole season in the early 90s, uh, series run... They had how many Mouseketeers do you think cycled through the shoot? I want to say maybe six seasons.
1: <clears throat> I think it's going to be similar to Star Night Live, where they have like the cast who's always there and then like rotating cast people. Um, I'm gonna guess that they had 37.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay, first of all, you're you're correct that. They rotated. So every season, some would disappear and some new ones would join and some would stay. Right. Uh, but there were 40 in total. Oh, very close. You we were very Good. close. And if this was prices right, I think you, you would have won. Yeah. So uh, there were 40 yes. kids and teens. And this is not including any of the adult cast members. There was usually like two or three on hand that would randomly say stuff. Or co host, or like play a parent or a teacher in a skit or something like <laughs> that. There, there are a handful of adults, not that many. Um, now, five members of the show, we're gonna keep talking about the people who came out of Dizzy Mouse. Oh my God, I can't talk. They came out of Mickey Mouse Club to become celebrities in their own right or do other things. So, five of them, I'm gonna name their names because I don't know them, but they. I think most of these folks were at the D23 Expo. So this the first oh gosh, five people funny. who like spun off to do their own thing, uh, Damon, Tiffany, Chase, Albert, and Dee Dee, um, they broke off and formed a musical group, I can't even believe this, called DARE, acronym, D-A-R-E, as part of the Campaign Against Drugs. And so they worked with the U.S. government and Disney to do this, and it was called DARE. And what? they had their own songs and music videos, and it was uh, it was outside of the Disney Mickey Mouse Club. This was its own thing. They were called Dare. So that pop
1: quiz. What does Dare stand for?
0: Drug abuse resistance education.
1: Mm, boom. Is Got it really? It... Oh, and weren't we both like? Um, like honorary. D.A.R.E. D.A.R.E. I won an
0: essay winner. Yes, yeah,
1: essay. Won... Yeah. <laughs> essay winners. That's so funny. <laughs>
0: Uh, and then went on to huh, hilarious. go to drug-filled electronic parties in warehouses at yeah. 15 years old <laughs> in Oakland, California. Whatever, live our best lives. Um, but we were educated. We knew what to do and not to we do. We knew
1: exactly, exactly what we were doing, right? let me tell you. <laughs> we also
0: knew that freaking nobody gives you free drugs. You have to buy it. Exactly. And if people were handing out free drugs, that's a whole different story. I don't know why they started. Creating that narrative, right? Anyway, so yeah, Jeez, <laughs> they were part of this campaign, uh, but yeah, I guess they didn't do anything else after. But they were at the expo, so I think they must have some fans. Um, now, That's funny. Now that we're talking about some of these people and people who came to an expo, there have been um, some pretty big like anniversary celebrations aside from the recent expo, where they do bring back a lot of these Musketeers. Again, not the like ultra-famous ones, but I wanted to play you some audio clips from a red carpet that they did about, I want to say, just a few years ago, not that long ago, at the Disney World Resort, and it was a lot of the cast members uh, that were Musketeers. In that 90s version of the series. And I want to play this to you because they all claim to be like mega Disney fans. And some of them claim to be like mega Disneyland and Disney World fans. And so there's just some funny uh, funny audio clips that we need to talk about. So I'm going to start with right. uh, this guy named Kevin who is a musketeer from seasons two through five. Oh, I am a theme park nerd, especially specifically a Disney theme park nerd. Yes. Uh so I literally if there was a downtime, I would be in the parks. So Epcot, Epcot was my favorite park back back in the day. Here we are in Epcot. Um you no, know, obviously Hollywood Studios, which was Disney MGM Studios back so then. So that's cool. The, the reporter was asking them about what it was like to be a kid working at the studios. You filmed here at MGM Studios at Walt Disney World. Yes. What were some of the fun things you did on your downtime in the park? Um, well, we took all of the uh, golf carts that they had in the back. Mm-hmm. Totally drove around the back lot without anybody. Got in a lot of trouble <laughs> doing that. And then at any time, we could sneak into any of the parks. And at back then, it was a, wasn't a problem. And just you know Not just then. hop on a ride and was like, done. And then we were out. Oh, my, one of my favorite memories is testing out Twilight Zone Tower of Terror oh, oh with Christina gosh. Aguilera, who was like Stop five it. pounds. And so she was <laughs> sitting next to me, and I—it's almost like I was gonna have to grab her <laughs> so that she wouldn't fly out of the car. So we were so excited. That was back in the day when they only had lap bars instead of seatbelts. That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh! Like I just, just found that out recently. That I, I wanna, still you know, can't believe it. Lose <laughs> on the way. I felt <laughs> responsible. So. so. Yeah, Love that was you. one of my favorite memories. But we loved riding the rides. We kind of loved sneaking away. And, like, we loved to go out to our own cardboard cutouts in the parks. And i dressed <laughs> up in the same outfit, and we'd take pictures with ourselves. So cute. That was really cool. That she had to mention how tiny Christina Aguilera was at the time. Because she was so small, a little girl with a big voice. She was. Uh, and I couldn't imagine her how, riding or who?
1: I'm sorry, who were these people?
0: Um, okay, so the last person I just uh, played, uh, sh- she goes by the name of Jennifer McGill. She was actually a Mouseketeer on all seven seasons. Um, her face is a little bit recognizable. And then there was another guy that was on there after the first guy. His name was Jason Minor. He was there on a couple of the seasons. And then I have a handful okay. more. Again, I don't, I'm not really too familiar with these Mouseketeers. These are great. The park was our playground, if you will, and we did everything there from school to rehearsal to of course filming the show. So we would break away into the park, we go to a great movie ride, we'd sneak onto the rides, we'd be Aww. running around there, we'd go get an ice cream <laughs> at lunchtime. So uh, the park was literally like our backyard. It was it was an incredible environment to grow oh, up in, man. Of course, the dream. Okay, Gosh, then things get to be a little bit jealous. weird. MMC, all these M's. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we would sneak out of school regularly and go on rides in the Magic Kingdom. This was back when the Great Movie Ride was there, and oh my goodness, we were we were naughty. Like we would run out of school all the time just to ride the rides in the park. Okay, I don't know if I'm just being a stickler, but she she kind of said the Great Movie Ride, or whatever, was in Magic Kingdom, right?
1: Magic Kingdom. <laughs> I was like gonna snap, or I was like I'll give it to her, whatever. And then also, I love that the Great movie ride has been mentioned twice,
0: yeah, (laughs) and that is that that would be the most fun because they were actually working at that park. So to be able to sneak off of the set and then go into that ride where they had like the live wow, what a weird childhood! And also, I am being a stickler, there's going to be a couple funny clips too where I'm like, oh, questionable, but I have to remember this is so long (laughs) ago for these people that it's probably a blur,
1: right? Uh, Yeah, so. When were these interviewed pieces um, right I want to say, and- like,
0: 2019 or something. It wasn't too long. Okay. Ago. Yeah.
1: But, like, way later nonetheless. Got it. Way okay. later, yeah.
0: Full adults. This is a red carpet. They're all glammed up. So picture that as they're talking to these journalists.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. okay.
0: So let's keep going with these Mouseketeer memories.
1: Well, um, there was one time that Tiff and I uh, said we were going to the restroom. And then we went into the park. I don't know how we got roller skates on our feet. But we actually held on to one of the trams and had our had a nice little uh, ride behind the trams at Magic uh, Magic at MGM Studios. So, well then, Magic. uh, Oh my gosh, I keep saying Magic. It's because it's the most magical place. Save girl. So her name was Dee Dee. I do
0: I do recognize Dee Dee a little bit because she was one of the few Asian girls on Mickey Mouse Club. And there you go again. She's trying to remember. She's mixing them all up. So cute, writing on the back of something with your roller skates on, like a live set Dream. or whatever the case is. That's so cool.
1: Dream. We we lived and we played and we went to school at Disney's Hollywood Studios. You know, that's where we shot the all new Mickey Mouse Club. We were part of backstage tours. We went to school there. We 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 hung out. We we worked there. I mean, it was home. And so that's why coming home uh, to Walt Disney World for our 30th anniversary just couldn't be more uh, that's fitting. That's what it was. So
0: know? it was for the 30th of uh, Mickey Mouse Club. So yeah, that must have been 2019 if it aired in 89. And uh, it looked like about like 20 of the 40 showed up at the Mouseketeers. Wow. So pretty good turnout. That's pretty good. A couple more ones for you to listen to.
1: Oh my gosh. Once. This is one thing I remember is when Lindsay and I had taken a golf cart. We weren't supposed to do that. And they were like, don't take that golf cart anymore. Well, we took the golf cart and we were on the Golden Girls set. Yes! Yes! So as we were standing, we were driving around, and then the tourists coming through on MGM. So we were like, oh, no, we have to go. And when we were going, we were knocking down things, running over the... I was like, oh, my God! But it was so hysterical because our adrenaline was up and pumped, and we were just like, oh, my gosh! I can't believe what's going on! But we were so funny. I remember that. It's implanted here. For our memory.
0: Okay, she's probably one of my favorites of the ones that came back. Her name is Raquel. But she was only in the first two seasons. And... She mentioned the Golden Girls set, so I think she's talking about the one that used to be there when you took the tour, the tram tour. It used to go through oh, a set. Oh, that's so And so, so that cool. would make sense. They must have been filming after they used the set and were done. So weird. And I was they, just
1: sitting here shaking my head, like she's driving around destroying shit. Like, can you not? <laughs>
0: <laughs> she was like the most... Oh excited of the interviewers the, the people being interviewed to talk about it like i only played a clip but she was going on and on like she was so happy about revisiting these memories and there's a really That's funny cute. one coming could up could
1: you imagine like, being oh sorry go ahead. no just like imagine being a tween or early teenager making a show for your friends basically yeah. your peers like it had to have been very like so much energy into that like so much hyperness that's
0: like. so wild and you're freaking in the middle of disney world what
1: right good lord you know i loved going to the back to the future ride which i don't even know is still around but it was like one Ouch. of those machines that you got in that like simulated Girl. the thing mm-hmm. and made you feel like you were there and we always got Where's in it like, you know, so we got in uh i would write it like four times in a row. She just keeps lying and lying. So yeah, that was really fun. And just being a kid and like going to the pools and the resorts and, you know, doing like somersaults and handstands in the pools. And yeah, it was the best childhood anyone could ever ask for seriously yeah having access to disney like all clearly the Clearly
0: she doesn't yeah. really remember this childhood because she was at she's the wrong part she's
1: having me even question if she could do handstands underwater at right? this point like she,
0: that, that was so fake this was the one that i was excited for for to come up for you to hear back to the future and she kept going on and on and this person didn't correct her they're like on the disney world red carpet <laughs>
1: And she said fast passes, which were not a yeah. thing back then. She just like made it so all. So she just up. lying.
0: And I'm gonna call her now. Call her out. Her name is Tasha. Fib. Tasha Danner. She was a masketeer for seasons four and five. Tasha. So. She
1: was just doing it according to Tasha. Yes, yeah, so that's her,
0: that was her Mandela effect memory. Hey, maybe they drove them in a van to Universal, and she didn't even know it was a different theme park. I don't know. Right. Um, okay. More. Oh, man. Uh, I was big into Star Tours. I loved that. i am always been a sucker for a parade, so anytime I could get out there and wave at Mickey, I was into that. And then um, just raise a little havoc every now and then, you know? I mean, nothing too bad, but but I I love the Disney parks. Like, And when I became a Mouseketeer, it was my first time in a Disney park. So I was like, wow. He was cute. His name is TJ from Seasons 4 and 5. And I think... It, as a tween, he was one of the more popular ones that just happened to not get famous like the Britneys in them, but he was pretty popular. Right. TJ. He's a great
1: underneath him.
0: Yeah. Um, I like to hear when they are huge Parks fans and come back to the park.
1: Yeah, it's a little extra. Man, you know, we were weird and and trying to be a little hipper and cooler and older than we really were a lot of times. Towards the end, we started getting into jazz. Uh, and so, you know, being underage, but still into that kind of thing. There were a couple of jazz clubs uh, in town. There was one downtown. Uh, there was a bookstore called Chapters
0: downtown Orlando that had live jazz a couple nights a week. And there was a downtown blues and jazz club, which was totally awesome. So if we could ever get into that, we'd go. But we found this gem of a jazz gig at the uh, the Grand Floridian. Okay. And they had like in the afternoons on like Saturday or Sunday, Dixieland quartet. You
1: know, in the lobby. So we would just go post up, take naps, sip coffee, listen to jazz in the lobby of the Grand Floridian. does I mean we were kind of weird, you know? We weren't like getting into too much trouble because we like, you know, had to be at to work tomorrow. <laughs> that's the last one.
0: That guy is my favorite because he admits what we were talking about earlier, where like when you're a tween, you're just trying to be cooler.
1: <laughs> yep, that's what I was saying. He's one of those teenagers who wants to be an adult, right? right? He wants yeah. to like go chill at a jazz club. And He's like, yeah, we're like totally. you know,
0: artists, we're celebrities. Um, his name was Tony Luca, and he was from seasons four through seven. Uh, but, yeah, those were some fun clips from, the, I guess, the 2019 30th anniversary of the Mickey Mouse Club. And these people seem cool. Like, I want to meet them. They all seem fun.
1: That is very cute. See, we should have gone to that panel. Should uh, If we'd only gotten the RSP
0: for it, maybe we would have been right? there. <laughs> the, uh, the group that was there um, that was – went to create their own band or whatever. They some of them I think were on that red carpet, but I'm gonna correct the fib now because I need to give you their real name. So they were not called Dare. <laughs> they were not oh. they were not part of a say no to drugs uh, campaign. I did
1: think that was very weird. I don't know why I didn't catch on to I'm it. I'm surprised you faint. didn't catch like, on. Huh <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah it was uh, it was called The Party. And I actually do remember that. I remember them like trying to become famous outside of Mickey Mouse Club. They're called The, the party. party? Yeah. Um, but they only lasted oh. like hm. a, f- a few years, I suppose. Now, the moment everybody's been waiting for, <laughs> let's do a full roll call of the celebrities we are familiar with, most of them from those later seasons, uh, like from 1990 okay. onward. So, Carrie Russell. Who's it's funny, part of what we do as Disney Holics, right, is technically Disney, and I try to connect them back to other projects now. Carrie Russell is was in solo, she played the person that was in the mask most of the time. Uh, but Carrie Russell from Felicity. I mean,
1: if she was in Mickey Mouse Club, that's already way deeper than Star Wars, if you ask me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just it's in like my mind, connection. I want them all to come back. And do something, but that was the only one I could think of. Felicity, Felicity made her popular after Mickey Mouse Club, but that was I think like WB or CW. Um, Ryan freaking Gosling,
1: my man,
0: that's right. He came from there. (laughs) Um, I couldn't come up with anything technically Disney. Um, I feel like I'm missing something glaring that we've talked about. You know, there's always rumors that he might be cast as something.
1: Um, I mean, he was on the thing to be in Haunted Mansion for a very long time when we still thought Guillermo del Toro was supposed to be directing. so put him Oh,
0: there. actually, you're right.
1: But yeah, no, I don't yeah, think there's right. anything else. He has a band. I feel like he called the Lo- what is it called the Lonely Bones or something like that, and it's a band based on the Haunted Mansion.
0: Oh, that's very cute. Yeah, I, he seems <laughs> to me like a um, Uncle Jesse. What's his name?
1: yes John Samos
0: we're like they're still part of the Disney fandom maybe we they just haven't got the right role yet like in Marvel or Star Wars or whatever um but yeah I would love to see him in the MCU at some point so Ryan Gosling okay let's talk about some of the pop stars music pop stars okay we got Britney Spears yes we got Christina freaking Aguilera we got Justin Timberlake J C Chazé. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's two members of In and then Britney and Christina. I mean, that was like the late '90s, early 2000s pop, uh, Queendom Kingdom, whatever, whatever you call it. They were the the top of the pops. So Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, really I think In
1: ended up passing by. Um, what's the names? Two Backstreet Boys, right? Yeah, I think popular, so too. I they think, became yeah. more
0: popular, uh, a little bit more edgy <laughs> than BSB. Uh, right. So yeah, it it's so crazy to see how these people came from that. Um and then there was also Jason Priestley, but he only appeared in those soap operas. He wasn't part of the Live Musketeer show. Oh. Um, and so, so those are weird. the ones that we all we all pretty much know and love. Now, I have another list that's probably even more entertaining of rejected <laughs> mousketeers. Ooh, and these are actually so tried, out, tried out, actually on record. And they've actually admitted and thought it was funny that they tried and couldn't get in. And um, I'm going to read off a list. And of course, there is going to be some fibs in here. OK, so here oh, are the rejected Mickey Mouse Club members of the 1990s series. Joey Fatone of NSYNC also. Ben Affleck. Ryan Phillippe. Kirsten Dunce, like ear. She likes to make sure you pronounce it properly. Courtney Love <laughs> of Hole. No. Slash wife of freaking no. Nirvana, Fib. Curb Cobain. Kurt Cobain. <laughs> so, Courtney Love. Jessica oh, Simpson.
1: Fibs.
0: Pop star Jessica Simpson. Nick Lachey. How many times is freaking 98 degrees going to come into our podcast? Right. Um, <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> Stephanie Germanata. Do you know who that is? I
1: don't really know who that is.
0: Lady Gaga. That's her real oh. name. Yep, Stephanie. Wow,
1: I'm surprised I didn't even recognize her name. That's bad.
0: <laughs> Maybe good. I don't think she wants, You're right? She wants to be her. Yeah, face true. Persona. Um, and then the late Brittany Murphy. Oh, I love Brittany Murphy.
1: Aww. Roman okay, Roman I feel Roman like there are so Roman many fibs. I'm going to guess Ben Affleck, Ryan Phillips. Philippi. Philippi? Philippi. <laughs> um, Kirsten Dunst, and then Courtney Love. So, so and... far, these four
0: you're saying are fibs?
1: Yes. Oh, okay. And there's one more near the end. Who did you say before um, Brittany Murphy? Uh,
0: we did Nick Lachey, Will Smith, and then Lady Gaga.
1: Lady Gaga. And Will Smith. No, there's too many, 6
0: fibs. You think 6 fibs? <laughs> yeah. I'll say there's Okay, let's 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 play a game like this is Price is Right, like a real game show. <laughs> okay, so you have to narrow down your list. You there are only 3 that are fake. Really? There are only 3 that are fake, and of those 3, you only guessed one, I think.
1: No. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's what makes this list so hilarious, imagining these people, uh, especially before they became who they were. You know, they were just a kid.
1: Okay. Courtney
0: Love is a fib. Not a fib. Stop your mouth right now. Isn't that the funniest thing? That's a funny – because, you know, people, if you think about – I like that you said I don't know who Stephanie Germada is because we know her as Lady Gaga. Just like most of these people don't change their name, but you know Courtney Love is Courtney Love. like Right. right? But she was probably just a regular chick named Courtney that wanted to be I don't famous. think so,
1: though, because we were listening. Like, Courtney Love was popular when we were teenagers.
0: Yeah. Like, Courtney yeah.
1: Love and Nirvana. So she was already, like, Courtney Love. She, must have she been, wasn't um, like, I'm the Musketeer, Courtney. <laughs> like Well, 89, time. 1989
0: is when she would have auditioned. I don't know. I maybe guess, she was, like, a yeah, teen versus a like tween. A qu-
1: yeah, maybe. Yikes. Okay, shoot. <laughs> I guess you're trying to break um, into the music. I'm industry. stuck on Maybe not because that was just the first one that you said that I was like no. Um Will Smith.
0: Good one. So Will Smith is not a rejected yes. musketeer. He did not try out as far as we know. Will Smith, <laughs> yeah, as far Will as we Smith can tell. Will Smith did not. So there you so far okay. you've gotten one. There's two more.
1: Oh my gosh. I can't. Okay, can you tell me the other ones that I yeah you actually you
0: you did guess um, you guessed Lady Gaga earlier, right? Yes. So Lady Gaga is one she did not, which I was actually surprised. I thought she would have. (laughs) As Stephanie, I thought
1: I for some reason feel like her family was not watching the Disney Channel (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) Like you're gonna go to Juilliard. Like we don't want you watching TV. She's an interesting one.
0: Like, have you seen? Her – she has performances as Stephanie when she was going to NYU, and it's very Tori Amos. Like, that was her vibe.
1: Yeah. Very different. Right. Yep.
0: Okay, so you got Will Smith, Um, you got Lady Gaga, and there's one person that I threw in there that did not audition.
1: And I didn't even say – I don't even remember the other people now. But I was like, sure, 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 to the rest of them. Oh,
0: let me go over the remaining people. Uh, Okay. And those are listening – Please play along. This is hilarious. Okay, so the remaining people, there's one left, an imposter here. Okay, so we got Joey Fatone, Ben Affleck, Ryan Philippi, Kirsten Dunst, Jessica Simpson, Nick Lachey, and the late Brittany Murphy. There's one imposter. <sighs>
1: okay. Here. Oh my God, I guess I have to go. I feel like it's, I don't even know where all these people are from. But I feel like because Ryan Philippi was not raised in America, he probably did not try out to be.
0: Wait, Where is he from? Mother. South Africa? Is he South Africa? I think so. I didn't think of that until now. Um, no, he actually tried out. So I don't know what Dang his it. status was at the time. But apparently he tried out as a kid.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to go Kirsten Dunst.
0: Nope. She was also. Oh my goodness.
1: All these people were all rejected. Poor things. This is more.
0: Isn't this more entertaining than the list that we knew? I couldn't believe all these people.
1: It's kind of sad (laughs) to think like they're like they made it real big and then they are like they got denied when they were
0: young for the Mickey Mouse Club, which is probably like a dream. And I bet you Um, half of these people, at least the ones who sang, were probably on all those other things too, like Star Search and trying to get famous.
1: Right, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to guess the last one. I hope somebody out out there, our listeners, have already, they're probably screaming, like, how do you not know this?
0: <laughs> this one, I have to give myself an award because it was a pretty good one to sneak in there. <laughs> Nick Lachey from 90 Degrees. Did not. Dang,
1: you even made that specialty comment about how many times they're going to get on our podcast. <laughs> oh I don't god. know. However many times Mike decides to throw them in, I guess.
0: <laughs> yes. It was the first one that came to mind. I was like, "Oh my god, this seems so believable at this point."
1: <laughs> it does. I actually was going to guess Joey Fatone. Also, it was my last option. I'm like, "No, I don't." I feel like he totally would want to be a Mickey Mouse Club kid. Right. Like, it just kind of that's funny. Like that
0: would have been a third and sinker. Three of the five. If if he had. Yeah. Well. If he got the role but yeah he did not so yeah those were it including Brittany Murphy that one was kind of like a bittersweet one to hear about
1: oh yeah that's very sad
0: Brittany Murph Um, but yeah that was our look back at the history of the all new Mickey Mouse Club (laughs) Uh, would love to hear from people if they watched it to what they remember Nostalgia City
1: yeah share your memories of the Mickey Mouse Club whichever version you watched love to hear it um so speaking of, these types of topics will come up, and Mike and I love diving into these and like discovering new uh, avenues of the Disney fandom and being a Disney Disneyholic. So wanted to let you guys know that this is the last call for segment ideas that you can submit as a patron on our Patreon page. So if you are not already a patron, you can join us as a Disneyholic yourself at patreon.com slash the and join us, and you can submit your own topic for Mike and I to cover. Could be an According to Mike segment, it could be a History Deep Dive, it could be an Iceberg, I don't know. Whatever your mind wants to do, we are here to like just run through it, because you guys have some great ideas. And if you need some ideas for the patrons out there already... Um, I've noticed that not a lot of you have submitted yet. So, if you want to go back and visit our last round, it was episode seventy-four through seventy-nine. We did a movie review on Home on the Range, which was, I guess, like a movie we just not a lot of people have actually seen. So it was pretty yeah, interesting that to was, watch it. that Mike was a really good one. It. Yeah, there it was, was so really good. much um,
0: discussion that came out of that that we weren't expecting from a movie that right, wasn't exactly. that great, right? And that's the type of stuff we right. love. That's a perfect example.
1: Perfect. Um, we also shared our Walt Disney World planning tips. We dove into the history of some defunct attractions like Toy Story Fun House and Disney Quest. Um, we got a little emotional and had an episode all about Disney's self-love and its therapeutic effects. Uh, we also got dark and reviewed Disney deaths and other crime that's happened in the parks. And then on a lighter note, we were asked to do a dinner tour around the parks. I think he called it a progressive dinner. So we got to kind of go around the parks and see what we wanted to eat at all the different restaurants. So, so many topics, what a wide range. Um, And then if you want to go back even further, our previous Patreon takeover was episodes 31 through 34. And some of those topics we covered were, um, we were challenged by a patron to trek down a Disney iceberg. We made up some fun adult Disney Cruise... uh, Disney Cruise? Jungle Cruise jokes. Um, We shared our favorite Disney souvenirs. And then we went back in time to visit the Disneyland State Fair. And we got to Blue Sky, the ultimate Disney theme park. So, again, so many cool ideas come from all of you out there who are listeners of our show. And if you've ever been on the other side of this podcast and been like, man, I really wish they would cover this topic or I'd love to hear what they think about this or Mike TV's version of (laughs) of whatever topic it is, this is definitely your chance. So join us at Patreon. And for those of you who are already there, get your topics in because we're excited to cover them soon. And
0: we will do all the work. We are so nerdy about this stuff that we love to do the research. So (laughs) you don't have to know everything about the topic that you want us to cover. Um, Or you could ask us about more of something we've already covered again like Jen like you said blue sky is the limit and let's have fun with this
1: mm-hmm. that's a great point because you can you can even just submit a topic that you just don't know about and want to know about yeah. it can be as simple as that so well this over two hour long episode <laughs> has been brought to you by <laughs> us the Disney holics and we talked about a ton of stuff including a bunch of miscellany uh, we talked about my recent trip to Disneyland and visiting the new shop in New Orleans Square. Mike took us all down uh, Dreamlight Valley and told us what it's like to play that game. And now I hope all of you are going to join me and go buy it and play it with us.
0: Yes, we are. Um,
1: and then, of course, we did the history of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. So, yeah.
0: Woo! Wow. A lot what to talk What a fun show. And I love these type of shows where... There's a little bit of everything, and that's what we're hoping to do during yes. this Patreon takeover coming soon. Thank you, everybody, list for listening. We hope you enjoyed episode 104 of The Disney Holics Show.
1: Follow us on social media at The Disney Holics.
0: And if you want to get in touch, send us a message on Instagram or email us at fanmail at TheDisneyHolics.com. Okay, bye. I really wanna go to Disneyland.